Yep. All right, you guys. Oh, and they're off. And I just fucking shot beer on my damn laptop. Why the fuck do I do that? Mm. And uh, by the way, Natterdays. Natterdays. A Natterdays. It's a it's a Hanukkah miracle that we we still have Natterdays after all this time. Summer's like long six fucking over. Of that shit. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, but again, with the Natterdays though. Hear that? You know what that's the sound of? Bourbon. That's the call of the bourbon. Yeah, you're drinking a. F- I'm not even going to say what he's drinking. drinking. <laughs> it, it looks like Freddy Krueger fingers. It's awesome. I oh call that a red God. rum. Dude, what this is, is great. That? It is uh, one of your ices with rum. Oh, it's an otter pop. Yeah, so yeah, it's an, an otter, otter pop, pop and rum. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> a red rum. And those are really big otter pops. Too. Yeah, those yeah. Are these, uh, those are the John Holmes specials. They, uh, the, so to my left is Dan Crocky. Daniel Kromke and uh, brought us Goggle Fogger. Well done. Thank you, Daniel. Excellent. Fatheads, living to please. Uh, Tim Burke showed up at the motorcycle show, the Cleveland IX, uh, IMS show, and we went out for drinks afterward. He joined us, and we went to Fatheads, and man, that was a good night. It was a good time. I like that place. Accidentally closed the place. It's <laughs> weird. We got there. The parking lot was full, and that place seats like 3,000 people. Yeah, that was like 9 p.m. Yeah, we should have been empty. <laughs> should have been empty. Should have been half empty. But motorcycle show was in town, right. so and it's kind of cl- pretty close to the motorcycle show. So the place was slammed. To his left, Johnny Mac. How's that hangover doing from Portland? Oh, okay, I I've been cleansing this whole week. Yeah. <laughs> like no drinking, no smoking, no nothing. No stripper glitter <laughs> until Friday. <laughs> I'm still I'm still getting stripper glitter out of my nose when yeah. I blow my nose. Sometimes <laughs> it just sparkles. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah. I was went to wash my clothes and I was smelling my shirts a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh. they don't. I don't know what the scent is. It's like baby powder and bad decisions and man face, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's a combination face of all grease. the man colognes that have been on those John, boobs. John nailed it when he said, <laughs> "Oh, just like yeah, she smells like vanilla and the and the guy to my right's face." <laughs> It's like, that's when you know it's time to leave the strip club is when the girl's chest smells like the dude next to you's face. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. I could smell man B.O. on the girl in front of me. It was pretty wild. Worse than that no, is if it smells nose like... Grease. Nose grease. Nose <laughs> grease. Worse than that is if it smells like bleach. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Really. Oh, yeah. Wipes could go a long way. Just a little wipe. Wipe yourself Baby off wipe. in between dances. So there's a young lady dancing for us um, exclusively because... They like us in Portland, apparently. They like money. And they do. <laughs> and uh, so this girl's dancing, and, and she's, you know, Portland's very liberal with the rules, and they take their stripping seriously, really seriously. And they've said they normalize, and they've made it, gone to Great Lakes to just make it sort of a, nor- like... It's ridiculous. It's not like here. No, it's <laughs> not. The girls will never even lie about their name there. They're just like, yeah, and you want to, my, you know, this is my... This is my LinkedIn account, and if you want to send me a message or maybe a resume, they're really, really totally like, this is professional. This is what we do. It's our job. Well, I, I insinuate, yeah. well, you know, you're just doing naked yoga. And she's like, no, no, I'm stripping. I'm a stripper. <laughs> I'm at work. You're at my place what, What's wrong now? with stripping? Right, that's, that's exactly. What I'm doing. You better, you're sitting there at the front there, pal. Let's make that money machine work. And you better, and you know what? If you want my attention, be funny. Yeah, because funny well, that, goes a long way. They had a board that said uh, no, no bad attitude. Right. Uh, you know, funny, we like tipping. We like tipping, and funny and jokes always welcome. Jokes are welcome, and that was great. 
The one girl, though, standing in front of me bent over, and as she bent over, I realized, unfortunately, that they do extra grilled onions on your steak. <laughs> and this girl bent over, and all I got was a nose full of onions. And I was like, no, don't, don't let that be her. Yeah. And John was like, no, for an extra buck, you can get grilled onions and mushrooms on your steak. <laughs> it was uncanny. It was like, she bent over, it was like, oof, wow, the, strong, the smell was so strong, I, I felt it had to be her. I thought that she had, like, the thunder from down under coming in, and it was all onions. And no, it turns out it was the kitchen grilling. And I was like, there's things you shouldn't cook in a strip club. If that was coming from her, that was a rotten onion way up in there. Yeah, surf and turf should be off limits forever in a strip club. better than ricotta. No, it Again? should not. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a for six or well, eleven dollars and fifty right. cents a sixteen ounce T bone. You had a sixteen ounce T bone. I had a twelve ounce prime rib, mm. and I didn't know until later that that place does all grain fed, all local. Oh wow! Yeah, and my freaking steak tasted like wagyu. I mean, it was amazing. I was very happy. Yeah. For, for an, at a strip club for an eleven dollars fifty cent steak with yeah. some garlic bread and oh yeah, fries I mean, it was a side. real meal. So titties in my face, and, <laughs> and we had to ask. We had to ask the girl. I was like, "So, what's the rule on this? Can I get a ruling on the fact that we are eating on the dancing surface?" Yeah, like at the stage. <laughs> right. Like up I was like, "Are bar. we okay to eat here?" And I pointed at the table. I was like, "Are we okay to eat here?" And she goes, "Well, you know, use the plate." <laughs> Don't eat it off the wood that I'm putting my vagina on. <laughs> so yeah. we're talking just food, right? Like right, you're yeah. allowed to eat the food, right? That has to be a health issue. I don't give a shit, dude. No, I know you. Oh, thing. so good. The fact that I'm eating a steak, drinking a delicious Weizen, and like there's a they naked had 65 egg. beers on tap there, right? 65 beers on tap, and it was the most naked girl I've ever seen in my life. So they sell but beer it's, and it's, it's naked. Nude. Yeah, no, it's not just full nude, Steve. I could see her thoughts. <laughs> I could see her breakfast. No, I thought you were to say you could see light. Yeah, I could see light <laughs> in certain angles. I could see light. Yeah, it was. Both of them left with their gynecology degree afterwards. <laughs> they handed. I'm not a gynecologist, but damn, I'll take a look. The uh, it was so bad. And to his left is Steve Hofford. And this is a big night for us because we are going to reveal the results of our uh, Patreon poll. 2020 poll. Our 2020, the very first ever poll that we've done on Patreon. And uh, there's a lot that hangs in the balance for Mr. Hoffert. See, because this beer is not even open yet. And, it, and will it be? I don't know. To his left is? Uh, me, Steve, Sleepy. Damn it. And you did a great job when we were at the Thanks, tried. Portland. And it, I watched the video. Yeah. The YouTube video is fantastic. Steve's holding the phone up to the microphone, yeah. and the fucking audio sounded great. It was how all right. You, how did you fix that? Um, no, it's, it's compression and stuff, but we, we went through and I listened to my phone playing yeah. and it wasn't loud right? and somebody else wasn't loud and he had, his, his was loud. So yeah, the jitterbug. A good yeah. iPhone <laughs> uses. I was, you know, and I, I, I was trying to think of like how we could do this better. Right. And there are things like it has Bluetooth. So I, I, I could have had it come into the board, right. but nobody else could have heard it except for except me. Except for you. And that so that wouldn't have worked. Then I was thinking about a Bluetooth boombox yep. that would have played it with a microphone sure. in front of it. In front that that. might have worked. I, sure. You know. It sounded good, though. Yeah, it, it was sounded right. remarkably good <laughs> on YouTube. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. I guess YouTube fixes everything. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. So the poll, we've got the results of the poll up on the board. I put them up so we can read them. And so uh, I gave the folks five choices. Insider dealer information, tech tips and mechanic input, motorcycle reviews, motorcycle news and upcoming events, and drunken shenanigans. And wouldn't you know that um, we have six days left in the voting, by the way. So if you're not a Patreon uh, participant, go to patreon.com forward slash Cleveland Moto. 
And so far, with uh, 37 votes in, which is pretty rad, with 37 votes in, I'm proud to announce that Tech Tips and Mechanic Input, 62%, yay. But coming in a very close second place is Drunken Shenanigans. So, Steve, crack that fucking beer. Because that's what folks want to hear. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> now, Thank you, listeners. So basically, now, what, what you're now, saying... If you can give us some tech tips, that we, we don't... I was about to right. say, what, what, the, what that dish shows is that if you're drunk and giving tech tips, you're giving everybody what they want, dude. Right. And so uh, Alexander says, I'm 50-50 between tech tips and the inventive new insults I pick up during drunken shenanigans. <laughs> 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 I got to say, I think that's a vote for shenanigans, yeah, not tech yeah, tips. Yeah, right. And then... Uh, he says, uh, Philip says, I'm a fan of it all, honestly, but tech tips and wrenching advice and just nerding out on mechanic shit is awesome. Uh, that one episode that you guys did in the actual garage that got that little dirt bike running was definitely one of my favorites. Um, we're going to have some more shit like that. I've always been pushing for that. Like, let's get into it. Let's move it to right over here on the bench and get something. Well, as luck would have it. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I did get. You remember in a previous podcast, we talked about a Transalp. Yeah. Okay. I have one. That would be a good project. And I have one, and I paid the princely sum of free for it. Wow. Right. No American freedom units. No Copex. Uh, no freedom Copex. No currency was exchanged, only that the guy's a podcast listener, and he said, when we get it running and it's living and breathing again, that he'd either A, like to come and take a, take a blast on it, or B, like to you know just know that somebody eventually owns it. And that he wants all of the, you know, all of that to go to what we do. So what that's was great. The term that you used uh, for the king who always has the first right. Prima noctum. Prima noctum. Prima noctum, and that means that, uh, yeah, the wedding night's always uh, <laughs> royalty, right? Yeah. So uh, that's nice that you took the time to find her and woo her and romance her, but Caligula gets the first stab. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. So we have more of that coming at. To the tune of a Transalp 600, which is something that I know I've always been interested in my whole goddamn adult life. So that's rad. Uh, really tough to pick just one, but the tech tips are great. That doesn't mean you should cut back on the drunken shenanigans. And I love the insider info, too. Maybe more drunken insider tech tips. I like where that guy's coming from. Mm-hmm. That's Brian. Uh, Brian Dobbs. Dude, we like that. Um, you're on the money. Uh, our friend, uh, Jorge Pena, uh, all the above. Don't change the recipe, cabrones. I love that. Fucking <laughs> dude. I love that shit. I like that guy. Um, drunken shenanigans. Anything less than all of it is a shame. So that's cool. So we're getting some good shit. <laughs> so you're saying there's a trans elf. We are saying there's a trans elf. <laughs> Diano, Diano, we're saying there's a fucking trans elf, man. And you are going to, I hopefully you guys can all participate. We've got the GoPro here. We're set up. Yep. We'll bring the trans elf in here. We and, have at least, you have, yeah. I gave you one. Down too. We yeah. have two wireless mics oh, yeah. that we could have the two, you know, yeah. so we can make it happen. We can make it happen. I'm yep. pretty happy about the fact that we can literally get up in the guts, right? We can get up in a Transalp's guts and let's do what we bullshit about. Like in this podcast, we always talk about what would you do if you had a motorcycle that hasn't run in 10 years? Yep. Guess what we have? We got a Transalp that's got a fucking temp tag on it from 12 years ago. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Ran when parked. Ran when fucking parked, right? So f- flood that fucker with start, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope the booms. Let's just pray for an internal combustion engine. <laughs> because also, we have no way of knowing what murdered it. Like, we don't know. There's no history behind this. So we may find out why it is 
Do we even have a Ranwin Park? We don't. <laughs> no, we don't have a Ranwin Park. We have nothing. So what we're going to learn from this motorcycle is ultimately why it got, you know, in the military we use a term called deadlined, why it got deadlined to begin with and what it's going to take to bring it back to life. But we're going to do all the shit we talk about on this very fucking bullshit podcast, the Epidemiology right? of a non-running motorcycle. You know, oh, damn. <laughs> you are clearly not our president. Uh, so... <laughs> On we go. Uh, madness. Talking about just sheer fucking pucker factor. You know, we brought this up earlier in, in another podcast. We were talking about like weird mutant motorcycle transplants and, and just goofy shit. Um, has anybody actually taken some time to look at the Grom Reaper? The Grom Reaper is a zero motorcycle oh, motor. Yeah, yeah. A zero wow. motorcycle <laughs> motor stuffed into a goddamn Grom. And look at the size of the sprocket on the back of the Grom. It's about a thousand tooth sprocket. It's just slightly smaller than the twelve inch wheel it's running on. And that is uh, the old zero motor. You know, sixty six, sixty seven um, torques is is, is 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 is. But it's still sitting there, and it's in a Grom. So taking a zero motor. How did that not make it to Portland? That would have been great. Well, where, where does that reside? Yeah. I mean, uh, in yeah. whose hands does that reside? Zero or? So um, Cole, so Cole Mishler uh, is a designer at Zero Motorcycles, and he built this. And uh, I, I just love the fact, I'll put a link, we'll put a link in the show notes to make sure that everybody knows that the Grom Reaper really does exist. And it's a Grom with a fucking Zero motor in it. Steve, what would your big bike be called if there was a Reaper edition? Hmm. <laughs> the grim, the, the grim. <laughs> the grim. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, on that note, yeah, a bagel from yep. the Misfits no, is building a Heineken, or how do you say it, a Heineken? Heineken. A Heineken. <laughs> a Heineken. <laughs> it's a Heinkel. 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 They made the Heinkel. first ever yeah. jet-powered airplane. Right. Uh, the Heinkel is a very respected German uh, brand of aircraft that after World War II wasn't allowed to build anything that could carry bombs anymore. So what did they all do? Scooters. Build fucking scooters, right? Uh, I, like, I like those, too. The yep. Heinkels are gorgeous. The Heinkel 103A2. Um, I like the Heinkel name, though. If, if, Heinkel? If Heineken Heinkel. sponsored Heinkel. a Heinkel, a Heinkel, Heinkel, it would be a Heinkel. Yeah. <laughs> it should but be green. A but, but beer toning. It's a beer toning scooter. But oh, if it had a Wankel in it, that'd even be better. Oh, a Hankel in your Wankel. Or a Wankel in your Hankel? <laughs> a Wankel in your Hankel. Holy but shit. He bought, so Tom bought that bike off of you, right? The he, wrecked Zero. So our good friend in Pittsburgh named John Scott, John Scott, John Scott, John Scott. You have to do that anytime you say his name. Okay. Scooter people will understand. Um, he had a close encounter with a car door. Actually, he had a close encounter with a car in Pittsburgh, <laughs> and it folded his Zero FXS into, like, well, a front half and a back half. Mm-hmm. So the, the bike was no longer a complete unit. It was two separate entities. Oh, a folding Zero. Okay. Yeah, folding Zero. A, a quick knockdown, takedown Zero. What's the problem with aluminum? Yeah, it, it just shatters. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't give. It doesn't yield. It just, it just no goes plastic away. Plastic deformation. Oh yeah, no shit, dude. It this thing split like me after a bad night out. I was <laughs> gone. Irish goodbye. Like this thing was gonzo. Like well, like Chris Smith every week. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? I don't know. But this FXS was broken, and I actually had to use ratchet straps to tie the entire front triples. And the front part of the frame, I had to strap it 
to the frame just so I could load it in the back of my pickup truck. It had to be splinted. Just it did. To get it it had to be splinted <laughs> is the best way to say it. So we brought this poor son of a bitch home. And mechanically, though, it was, again, you cannot fucking kill a zero. It still worked. Like, how does that even happen? It's literally the frame is broken in half, you son of a bitch. And it still worked. It's like the liquid metal Terminator. Yeah, right. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's so freaky that it still worked. But yeah, so Tom, uh, Tom, our friend, you know, Tom Bagel Donahue, yep. got a rental car. He flew out here. He got a rental car, and that crazy fucking dude got that thing and took it home and is going to put that very pedestrian scooter in, you know, in touch with this ridiculous high output motor. Couldn't be happier. And a 103A2, have you ever heard the term Teutonic being used to describe a thing? Teutonic means the Germans, right? That's all it means, Teutonic. And if you look up the monitor, I've pulled up what a 103A2 looks like. And a 103A2 looks like, yeah, it looks like a refrigerator with some wheels underneath it. It looks like an appliance from the 60s. I think those things look great. And what Bagel's done is Bagel went and actually re-spooled a hub. So he took the the zero drivetrain and instead of going back and trying to fabric cobble something he really did a beautiful job and put a 12 inch uh wheel onto the hub for a zero so it'll take the belt drive and everything right off the shelf super smart way to attack the problem and uh i've got the pictures up on the board of what a heinkel looks like a heinkel tourist i imagine he's like trying to like just Pull everything important out of the zero, mm-hmm. the wiring harness, yep. the computers, all that stuff, right? and just sort of resituate well, it back inside the scooter, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you yeah. look at that picture, he cut the zero frame down yeah. to the point where the swing arm attachment point yeah. and yeah. the motor holding point is still all together. Nice. And then he's going to be able to weld it into whatever. It's the yeah. best idea ever. We do have a derelict Heinkel 103A2 up in my rafters in the back, uh, but you know, I knew that Tom would make the project happen before I eventually got around to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've just been looking for a round to it. Uh, and I haven't found a round to it yet. Those were four strokes, too. So they? The, uh, out of the factory, these were 175cc four strokes. And they ran. They had a real good run, late 50s, early 60s. And they're just cool bikes. I mean, they're a George Jetson scooter for sure. But they're, uh, they're, they're really neat. They're, they're very well built. They're overbuilt. And uh, say, if you had a fender, bender, well, they're going to need it for yeah. all that zero torques. He is going to need it. And that's what's neat about the, the Heinkel is the Heinkel's got this crazy frame that I swear to God, you could hang a V8 in. There's nothing about a Heinkel yeah. tourist that isn't just over fucking built. And it takes that level of overbuildedness to, to be able to handle all those torques. So rock on to uh, rock on to bagel for doing just a kick-ass project. I'm, I'm real excited about it. So that's pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, anybody got anything else real quick? Uh, I'm going to move on to other news. So, yeah, we know that John and I went to Portland. We went to the one show. Um, if Cameron would have been here, we'd have, we'd have given Cameron his hat. Harley Davidson apparently is relaunching for the fourth time <laughs> the 750cc platform. XR750. XG750. Oh, excuse a, me. Um, because, and the only reason I make, I make a dick point about that is this comes into that game where you're like, okay, well, John, describe the room in which we saw the go fast, turn left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did that room look like? Well, it, it was a tent. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it had all of the icons of Harley-Davidson motorcycle racing in it. 
So over to the right, you had, you know, your road racing machines. Mm -hmm. But then over to the left, you had sweet, and I don't know if those were original or just reproduction or restorations, but of their XR750s, their dirt track racing bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, hugger orange and everything and just impeccably jewel-like restoration. Did they have that one? Joe Namath was not there. <laughs> Didn't see him. Did they have that not Harley that's uh, orange on one side and black on the other? They, they had the orange and black. So Harley. that's yeah. a that's actually a race. That's a road race. It's bike, a road but race. They did bike, have right? that there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That it's was like there. turbocharged and all, or supercharged. It's supercharged. supercharged yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was present and accounted for. Yep. But it had a bunch of high top tables and a bunch of people sitting around, and we had a screen in the front. I. Does that adequately explain? It does. It, it was really well set up, and it's uh, at a place called the Jack Pine. Uh, so, or Doug Fur, sorry, Doug, Doug Fur, Jack Pine. I'm convinced that's fucked up. I'm the Jupiter Hotel. Yeah, I'm so screwed up that I'm calling it like Jack Pines because that would be, a, you know, a KTM slash Penton. Sure, right. Yep. And instead, it was at the Doug Fur, which is a totally other kind of woodland creature. Uh, but so the the XG750, we we've liked to talk about how the how the Indian built Harley Davidson 750. You know well, the that was one of the things we talked about when we were there. Was yeah. What are, what are, when they release this? What's it going to be based off? Is it going to be a new proprietary motorcycle or right. yeah, or something like like that? And you know, as Harley Davidson continues with flat track racing to put tons and tons and tons of money into flat track racing, historically it's the 750s, which were always you know Sportster based would go out and they would dominate. You know, they did really well. Like, that was their forte, was this 750cc V-twin. And boy, once you got them on the dirt, you know, hot shoe, left boot, go crazy, they were amazing. And right now, Indian's putting tons and tons of money into the 1200s. They're doing the FTR 1200s, which Mm -hmm. we've, we've talked about at podcasts before. And... Do you know if that was a rule thing, the mm-hmm. 750? Because I know that there was the TZ 750, yep. and yeah. so was 750 a class? Kind of a magic number. I mean, I'm not a goes super, way back. You know, yeah, it goes way back. Down. Real popular magic number, and it worked well because Sportsters and even uh, WLA Harley Davidsons after World War II, the 750 CCs was a very commonly very available middleweight. Well, I guess you know, I hate to use middleweight as a term, but that was a, an available thing, mm. and. Harley's, when you're having to sell a product, when you still have that thing in your catalog and it's still there, you do run into this thing where you're like, okay, well, what do we do to sell it? Like, how do we create buzz? And while we were there, they did this, uh, they did this beautiful documentary about flat track racing that focused on the kids and the grandparents and the people who have been racing flat track for a super long time. But I kind of felt like at one point I was being wrapped up in a sales pitch because surrounding me, the bikes up on the screen were Boltacos. The bikes up on the screen were Hondas. Mm-hmm. The bikes up on the screen were Yamahas. But the bikes surrounding me were Harley Davidsons. Right. And if you didn't pay attention, you might believe that you were being marketed to by Harley Davidson. Did the, that documentary go into about the guys who made the hot foot shoes? Yep, they did. Did they? Yeah, they talked That's about a pretty interesting. Yeah, George, yeah, yeah. Boots by, yeah, shoes by George or whatever. Yeah, George yeah. made the. What's, you know, what's funny is there's cool. no shortage of of footage of guys racing Harleys. I mean, right. was it Mert Lawwell or whatever? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, doing the mile and everything, and that's how he won. You know, all the you know all the various racing things you could win. You know, he he was like the three for three on 
dirt was it road racing dirt track and something else or whatever the one year and all on Harley Davidsons or something. But, but you know, oh, it's, yeah. you know, it's but pr- that's just not what where what they had access to right. yeah. when they made the documentary. So. But all know, well and good. You know what's crazy with like dirt track? A lot of people are like, oh, you turn left on a thing and you're going. But it's it's the skill of riding on a flat track like that. All your MotoGP guys, all your like AMA road racer guys, they all mm-hmm. usually all have a base in flat track racing because it teaches you how to really get the bike out sideways from you. And well, and you've seen more of that in the MotoGP racing. Now you got mm-hmm. guys going in the corners with right. their foot down, yeah. yeah, and guys trying to get Absolutely. it sideways yep. through the corners and stuff. Yeah. Like sure, that. I mean it really has, and that's I mean that's such a big part of racing is. Learning to trust your tires, learning to trust the motorcycle, letting letting the bike get out of control while you're still in control. Riding your sport bike like a super motard. And and it is a very interesting thing that, you know, since about 2015, 2016, Harley-Davidson put so much energy into these liquid-cooled bikes from India and having, like, trying to figure out the right way to sell one. And they, it's it's almost like Hail Mary time, man. They're five years into this platform, and what the fuck is going to happen? Well, that's my guess yeah. is when when this new XG750 comes out, it's not going to be a new bike. It's going to be. It's been, you know, the XG750A. Uh, I did some research into the class, the 750 class, and you know what bike's winning the most is a fucking Versus. It's a fucking <laughs> Versus. Yeah. It's a stupid Kawasaki 650 punched out to 750 in the class. Yeah. And that seems to be what a lot of people are rocking. And uh, well, I what I want to know is if you're going to race an Indian 1200, yeah. Well, then that opens the door to all kinds of shit. You could race God, an Africa damn, Twin. Uh, you could race a Tenere. Yeah. You could race all kinds. If you know, we're not just going to let Indian punch it out to 1200. Right. If you're going right. to go to 1200, then it's 1200 for anybody who wants to run anything up to 1200 cc's. Right. Yeah, right. You so. got it. And you look at the XG750R. Um, I got it up on the screen right now. The XG750R. Damn if that son of a bitch just doesn't scream. Look at my authentic uh, flat trackiness. I mean, that's that's it. That that thing's that's just hollering at you, right? And they're saying that they're doing that class uh, that exists. That like they're putting everything into it. But when I watch the races, I do see an awful lot of those Kawasaki seven fifties out there. And, so that's an Indian. Yeah. That's an Indian bike. What's that? That um, yeah, the XG. So that's a liquid cooled Harley Davidson. Okay. So that's that motor that. Um, now, the weird thing is the bike that you're going to see you're going around the track, um, we like to say that a NASCAR Ford Taurus has very little to do with an actual Ford Taurus, right? Right. right. A, NASCAR, a NASCAR Impala has very little to do with a Chevy Impala, yeah. and this also has very little to do with the Indian 750. Um, the Indian 750 is a two-valve motor, and this is a four-valve motor, so yeah. the heads are totally different. Um, it, it, you know, well, the heads, the cams, the I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of men's totally different. <laughs> the crank, the, <laughs> it might be using I stock mean, cases, yeah. maybe, and that's true. And and so, there's it ain't the same, it ain't the same bike, and it shouldn't be because one's a racetrack bike and the other one's not. Well, so, that's, it was the yeah. same thing with the CB750 when they had the the, the CR750 race kit yep. that you could buy, absolutely. Well, guess what? It wasn't just a bodywork that you put on a normal, no, it was. You take your motor out, you take your yep. cams, you throw away your cams, you put these pistons. It was a, a whole, whole 350 piece kit to make yeah. your, your CB750, yeah. your production CB750, <laughs> a, a track bike. Yeah. 
Well, that's with the cars. There's so many cars out there just to get into the racing classes where they had to build like 24 of these cars. Yep. And those are like the most valued cars because exactly that. They had to make actually the car like the race car. You know? They're yeah, doing a con- cars. Yeah, to, yeah. Get, to make it work this year, they're going to pump a lot. of. So they're doing a racer contingency program. Mm-hmm. But that always, you know, that's one of those things manufacturers will do. I think they're putting up $250,000 of purse money mm-hmm. for anybody who's willing to take one of those bikes and put it on the flat track and make uh, make it on the podium, get on the podium with it. It's going to be tough to do. But again, if you have that motor, uh, that, that, you know, 80 horsepower, 90 horsepower makes up for a lot of shortcomings and, you know, bad welds and Indian manufacturing. So do you think that's going to help? So it's American steel from old battleships. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, all the old, uh, what were those called? Liberty ships. Yeah. So all the old Liberty ships are being cut apart by eight year olds in India (laughs) and being made into modern, uh, street 750s. America. America. (laughs) But so the numbers from 2019 came out. Yeah. And KTM and BMW had pretty successful years. Yeah, they whereas did. Harley yeah. dropped like another quarter off their. Uh, it's the toughest thing, and for people who are like, I you know, we um, as Americans we tend to get really wrapped up in stock prices, and we're like, well, the stock's doing great. Well, the stock's only doing great because Harley Davidson bought back mm-hmm. billion, millions of dollars of their own stock to keep the shareholders exactly in on the game. Stock is. Yeah, yeah, it's stock a really track, yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, you know the stock has held its value, but it's only because the company bought back a ton of it. So yeah. that's, that's so why I did it. I just looked up the picture of what just because I'm a Honda idiot, whatever. Right. But the CR, when you look at the kit that came with the CR750 to turn your oh, just slight modification mm-hmm. to your CB750 to make a track ready. Yeah, it comes with a set of exhaust, two new wheels, a gas tank, <laughs> jugs, pistons, heads, shocks, Frame. forks, pretty much. <laughs> A whole bike. When you look at that picture, holy shit! You're not kidding. That's what a CR seven fifty kit yeah. is. You you yeah. basically are just using the frame, you're using bottom the bottom end, and yeah. it looks like you're cutting the back of the frame off too. Yeah, on and a CR seven fifty. Everything kit. else is going to be pretty. Much That's different. pretty elaborate. Wow, man. That's crazy. What were you saying about stock, Steve? Oh, it's down seven point four percent. Seven point four percent. Yeah, yeah. That's that happens. So yeah, that's. Uh, that's pretty rad. But that's that, pretty good for them. For them. <laughs> oh, that's like winning. Ouch. That's like getting money for Harley. It's again, this is that kind of thing where we just we just basically get into it and say, look, we understand the way it's working, but clearly the live wire hasn't energized, no pun intended, buyers. It hasn't lit everybody up, and made them all excited about Harley Davidson. What, thirty six thousand dollars? Yeah, whatever it is, you know, it just. Well, yeah, but who's got? I mean, that's not going to get new riders into the sport in, into riding. You know? And I even I. You know, we sell zeros to people, and we sell zeros at about $21,000, right? So we sell the highest, hottest, baddest zero you can buy for about 21000 bucks, right? And that would ride circles around that. And, and you look at the Energica, and the Energica is over, you know, it's in the same price point. It's twenty five dollars to $30,000 for an Energica. But, like, both of those bikes, the zero and the Energica, have got fucking giant goddamn batteries. Mm-hmm. They've got torque for days. Like, rip your fucking arms off torque. And they're cutting edge technology where the Harley comes out and it's like, well, it's black and orange. And on, more on top you know? of that, you have proven yeah. reliability. Like yeah, you're that's buying true. into something yeah. especially that especially with the zero. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah the zero really does have. <laughs> was that was that's, that just a drive by drunk? No, that's pickle Rick. <laughs> oh, that was pickle Rick. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it's way too cold out. It's been like 14 <laughs> degrees in Cleveland for the past three or four days. I don't know what that is for our Canadian viewers, but it ain't much. The, uh, it's pretty sad. I, uh, I don't think, because we're not riding shit around here. Mm-mm. 
Well, I had my four-wheeler out. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> since we last... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, since we last wait, talked... Wait, you have you a listen. three-wheeler, not a four-wheeler. No, now, wait a, a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. So I had I had a situation come up where a friend of a friend... A situation? Was a moving, and he had an Ozark 250, 2003, that looked like it had never been ridden. And he's an auto mechanic guy, so he sprays it with uh, the shit that you use fluid on everything. Film. Yeah. The whole thing's fluid film, whatever. He's like, come get this thing, get it out of my garage. I'm moving today, 500 bucks. <laughs> so I gave him 500 bucks, brought it home. My wife pretty much said, I, you need, I, you're not my husband anymore, but I'm still working on that. Yeah. An Ozark. That's yeah. a Suzuki. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't even know Suzuki made quads. It's, I don't need a wife. I have a four-wheeler. <laughs> five-speed, five-speed, automatic, or it's, it's a manual, non-clutch five-speed. And you're the Lord what? 2003. Oh, my God. That's relatively with, new. With reverse. And the thing really? is meant full lights, the whole thing. Has Holy a, shit. It has a tow, uh, tow package, so it can pull 850, 900 pounds. Uh, it's it's pretty cool and it's fully suspended the whole thing and it's it's great. So I had this thing. I mean, it, it starts. It runs like a sewing machine. It's freaking great. You've become very very fetishy. Like <laughs> that whole thing we talked about bears on wheels. Like well, there's more wheels in your world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have, well, my daughter came out and she was like, "So wait, you have a two wheelers? Right. Then you have a three wheeler, and now right. there's a four. She goes, "Is there a five wheeler? Right. I'm like, "Well, exactly. we're gonna find out soon. Well, we know there's a six wheeler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so you know, it snowed and it's all crazy. And I have a posted stamp of a yard because you know I have a trail that's right. Base I'm taking yeah. somewhere, but it was two temp. Not it, there, there was donuts to be made. Right? There were donuts to be made. It's you time to make the donuts. Thing and it's the never ending. Well, I didn't even ride. I didn't yeah. even do that because I like, oh, come on. I stuffed her on the bike with me right okay. with her little her little pony helmet on because we're only going to go like two miles an hour. So I'm doing donuts all over the place. My wife's in the window like this terrified. Like she's like, oh my god, you're going to kill our daughter. Meanwhile, my daughter's going. I'm so happy you're my dad. You're the greatest, <laughs> you're the greatest <laughs> dad ever. ever. <laughs> she was loving it so much. And it's so good. But if, yeah, we have me and uh, me and Nick have some uh, some alternative plans for Mid Ohio. Oh really? We're building oh. something, and John's probably going to get in on it. But that like four wheeler is going to be pulling something. Well, of course it is, because yeah. it's a four wheeler in yeah. Mid Ohio. It needs to pull something. Yeah, so. It can't just be itself. No, you got to be able to put like nine people on that. If you guys are not familiar well, with the Berenstain Bears or the, I don't know how Berenstain Bears, yeah. Steenstein, um, there's a there's a book called Bears on Wheels, and uh, <laughs> as a little kid, it was my absolute favorite bedtime book. Because it's all about like adding bears, like starting oh, with yeah. a unicycle, one bear and one wheel, and then adding bears and adding wheels to the point where you get to my customer base. <laughs> so eventually you add enough bears, and you know who I'm talking about. You add enough bears and you add enough wheels, and you eventually get to my average sidecar customer. Right. Yeah. So that's that's for real. So was it Berenstein or Berenstein bears? I don't you? know, dude. No, it's a big uh, debate. And I did say Berenstein. Alternate realities. Berenstein bear. Steve, yeah. I like the idea of this. You tow the quad runner or trike, whichever you want to be your tow vehicle, down on the trailer. Yep, yep, yep. You back it off. You right. unhook the trailer. Then you hook the trailer up to, to the quad or the thing. <laughs> we put a picnic table in the back. That could well, work. You're done. You're done. Yeah, the trailer's only 400 pounds, so we can only have four of us on there, two or three. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> I liked Mike in the Steam Equal weight distribution myself. will be... Do you remember that book? I don't remember that book. Mike of the the Steam Shovel. The shit, man. (laughs) That was my favorite bedtime story. Uh, I I don't remember that one at all. This this guy has a steam shovel, like a steam-powered, like a... A steam shovel, yeah. 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 And so he... 
the, he uh, bets somebody that he could dig the basement for a school, like in a day. Okay, in this right. little town. Yeah. So the like the whole town's like, you can't do it. You're too old. You can't do it with the steam shovel. So he's digging and digging and digging and digging and digging. <laughs> Digs himself into the hole, <laughs> so he can't get out. And so at the end, <laughs> he's like, I did it in a day, but I can't get out. So then he turns the steam shovel into the boiler for the school. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So the steam shovel lives on yeah. as the boiler for the school. It's yes. right. And Mike is the janitor. <laughs> oh, Mike goes from being an engineer to being yeah. a janitor. It's awesome. Oh. It's a great. Oh, dug himself now we see where Steve's career path came. I do. From. I, I yeah. totally understand that. It <laughs> makes a lot of perfect sense. I'm telling you, yeah. you could say you dug yourself into a hole. Shithole. Shithole indeed. I just kept digging until I found money, and it smelled like poo. Yeah, <laughs> black gold in them there hills. I'm not grumpy, <laughs> and I am not grumpy. And you're not grumpy. No. Well, he's not grumpy because we he's know drinking. how to, we know how to keep Steve happy, and that is. Steve's got a new motorcycle. Oh, today. What the today. fuck? Yeah. You're like buying a new bike every week. Oh, oh no, been, there's I've more been, to this. There's one. been a long dry spell now. So, this one I got, uh, Phil. Uh, oh, it has it. You just bought a, his van like what, a month ago? <laughs> Is that a motorcycle? <laughs> okay, sorry, retail sorry. therapy, man. No <laughs> retail therapy. No, exactly. <laughs> no, so I want to transplant this uh, wrecked uh, R75 6. I want to transplant that motor into my Ural. You're all, however. So this is the so. this is the BMW that our friend down the street had a terrible little well, not a terrible accident, but no yeah, accident was good. But he it had a crash. Yeah, the front that, end looks like a pile of spaghetti. That bike has <laughs> been deemed. There's pictures of it up on the screen right now. Irreparable. Uh, yeah. So I mean, R75. We all know that bike. 1974. Four probably. Last year the yep. kickstart. Yeah, last year the kickstart. And so. Uh, Aside from the fact that I had a close encounter with a car one morning on the way to work. You say close encounter, but... <laughs> kind of went through the car. <laughs> That's not close. That's It had an encounter with the car. It had a total encounter. <laughs> and uh, I had to take the brake calipers off just so you could roll it because it was fucked. I mean, uh, getting that thing up in the back of my truck, in the back of a pickup truck, R75s are not a dainty flower to begin with. You That's need a, a steam-shut-powered spatula <laughs> to just arrive on scene. <laughs> that bike was so broken. It was so sad to pick it up at the salvage yard. Like I picked it up at the, at the salvage yard, and it was just boned. You know, everything was folded under because it was a front end collision. Second one of these we talked about in this podcast, and uh, it was so rotten, so miserable. And because of that, the brake calipers had locked in. So the brake calipers were locked in. Nothing would move. And the guys at the towing yard, the guys at the salvage yard, just wanted me to fuck out of there. Right. And it had already accumulated almost four hundred dollars worth of storage in like two or three days, plus the you know the tow charge. And uh, so I was like, I'm not getting this thing. And I got this big beautiful ramp on the back of my red pickup truck, you know that that makes life easy usually. And I couldn't just could barely move the thing. So I was like, fuck, what am I doing trying to push this bike? It's got a running 750 cc motor on it. I wonder if it'll start. And it started like that. Oh, that's nice. I wonder what's going to happen when I put it in gear. Went in gear, just like that. The clutch still worked. So I used the motor to push the front end like a fucking plow. You'd have thought I was like, <laughs> you know, going to plant seeds after this. And I fought Single with it. Plow. Yeah, exactly. I fought with it until it eventually ended up in the back of my truck. And then like a dumb shit, I was like, I'm going to put the side stand down. And I burned the shit out of my left leg because I ran that motor at a lot of RPMs to overpower that locked up front end that was put on that was now 
at a 45 degree angle. And so I just smelled my own leg burning because fucking BMW, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's... those pipes are out where they're going to get everybody. Mm, I smell was, good. It was pretty rad, <laughs> yes. I was like, bacon? I smell like chicken. <laughs> I like, chicken. No, dude, I smell like bacon. <laughs> Look at this. This is clearly, I'm clearly. The other yeah. white meat. <laughs> yeah, I am the other white meat, yeah. And so, yeah, so that was, uh, but the motor worked great and everything else functioned beautiful. It's got an Odyssey for, battery on it, too. Yeah, like. That's cool. It's a hundred and forty dollar battery. Yeah. So Meanwhile, you know, somewhere in that yard, there's a loader for fucking. You know what I, I mean? Know, like, shit! If they wanted me out of their hair, they would have got a fucking loader and just picked, plucked it up in the air and loaded it in my truck and told me to go fuck my hat. But they didn't. They. they it's you know, a shame. They watched too, me beat my nice dick for a while. Bike. I mean, the back from it's the really nice back. Bike. It's a nice bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that frame's bent. No, I, I'm saying. I mean, it looks. Oh nice. yeah, yeah. It looks nice. It's it does. Frame, but the the yeah. um, the the. Sheet metal or the metal they put on the side of the frame, yeah. like the, yeah. what are the gussets? The gussets are all twisted. They're boned. Yeah, so. yeah. I me- I took some measurements on it, and that bike is super twisted. So sad to say, you know. And Marty, Marty though, Marty lived through it. Like you know, he survived. Unfortunately, the guy that hit him, uh, super duper not insured. So and you know had to go through court and everything. That should else. be illegal. It should be legal, shouldn't it? Imagine that. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> People without insurance are hurting other people and getting away with it. Because if it's illegal, it. nobody would ever do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, w- it would be totally, yeah. It would never happen. We should just take care of each other because we're smart. All right, so quiz time. We've got questions. You've got answers. The world's most difficult motorcycle quiz. Um, I've compiled for you some questions, if you're a podcast listener. Yeah. What you think... Of these questions, now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you, it's not an easy motorcycle quiz, Ooh. but it's not impossible either. So first question, which of these motorcycles was the iconic bike ridden by Marlon Brando in the movie The Wild One? Now I'm, I'm going to read them off. Was it a Triumph Thunderbird? Was it an Indian Chief or a Harley Davidson WLA? Anyone have an opinion? I'll start to my left. No idea. No idea. All right, John. Triumph Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Okay. I'm going with that. Thunderbird. I agree. Thunderbird. It is, in fact, a Triumph Thunderbird. Yeah. A lot of people thought that it was a WLA, so if you answered Thunderbird, you are right. All right. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. What the world's rarest motorcycle is currently found in which famous motorcycle museum? That's a two-part question because, again, the world's rarest motorcycle. Smithsonian? Right. Motorcycle Hall of Fame, Wheels Through Time Museum, or the Harley-Davidson Museum? What do you think the world's rarest motorcycle is? And where the fuck is it? And this one is one for the show notes because at the Wheels Through Time Museum, which is an amazingly cool, super badass museum, Hmm. you'll find... The 1916 Traub motorcycle. And the Traub motorcycle, for all of our podcast listeners and for us. What's a tra- How do you spell that? T-R-A-U-B. It's a very German Traub. word. Okay. Um, so Traub. The Traub. The Traub, 1916, was built like a fucking Swiss watch. Zero ring end gap motor. V-twin in 1916. Quantity, one. Amount of detail and attention to detail, off the charts. Absolutely amazing. The cool thing about it is, 
nobody really knew anything about it, and they found it bricked up behind a wall in Chicago. Whoa. Yeah, 40 years ago. Geraldo wasn't involved. Geraldo in was not involved. Okay. <laughs> he only it, finds it, used bottles. It'd been <laughs> hiding for 50 years, right? Exactly. Yeah. He, and, uh, and Bud Akins, so we all know 1972, Bud Akins, our friend, uh, friend of Steve McQueen, the guy who actually did the real jump in The Great Escape, Bud Akins, bought this thing in 1972. Later ended up in a collector's hands, and then it ended up uh, with uh, Mr. Walksler. I believe he's the Dale Walksler is the current owner. And it is, in fact, in uh, the museum. And the Traub, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a gorgeous motorcycle. And I do want you to learn more about it, because if you see, it's got a, a pressurized uh, liquid tension adjuster. I mean, there's so many... The attention to detail on the motorcycle is exotic. It's insane. And uh, it's a running example. Like, they've made it work. They've made it function. And there's only one of them in existence. It looks like the guys from the Anus Motorcycle So is motorcycle this the answer to the question? The or? answer to the question is the Traub is the motorcycle in question. Uh-huh. And it's at the Wheels Through Time Motorcycle Museum in Maggie Valley. All right. So if you get a chance to go down to North Carolina uh, and you go through the Wheels Through Time Motorcycle Magazine, if you're down there running the Dragon, you got nothing better to do, get your ass to the motorcycle, the Wheels Through Time Motorcycle Museum in Maggie Valley. There is amazing stuff at the Motorcycle Hall of so, Fame. Yep. But when I saw Wheels Through Time Museum as yep. an option, that... They have some super old And the weird cool thing about stuff. the Wheels Through Time Museum, if you guys ever go there, is if you hang out for anything longer than five or ten minutes and you just like, look, that motorcycle's curious and interesting, somebody will come over and start it for you. And they might take it outside and ride it in circles. Um, it's a very weird museum in so much as it's kind of a living museum. Did that say that they don't know who built that motorcycle? Yes, yeah, so there's very little information about it. Right. And that's, an, that's a very foreign concept for Americans with the Internet. Right. Um, the idea that we don't know something is fucking like bullshit. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a real thing. And that's called the Traub, uh, the Traub motorcycle, 1916. I would say Herr Traub. Herr Traub. That. It looks fucking cool as shit, too. And it's a nice big V-twin for 1916, way ahead of its time. Because we know that everything on the internet's true. Well, of course. Which Japanese motorcycle brand got its start in 1909, making weaving looms for Japan's massive cotton industry? In 1909, this company that you will recognize the name of started by making looms. You can cheat and be like, oh, how many? There's like four Japanese motorcycle companies. Go ahead. Daniel, any idea? I would have probably say Honda. Honda, all right. Go ahead. I would say, wouldn't that be like Lilac, which then eventually turned into Yamaha or something okay. like that? Okay, all right. I want to go with Yamaha. Yamaha? I, I, mean, like, I, like, I have no idea, but I like his answer. So my thing, when I first saw this, when I first had this idea, I was like, okay, well, I knew that Honda, we all know how Soshita Honda got started, building little tiny motors. But he uh, didn't, that was like 50s. Yep, and that was the 50s. And I went back and I researched Yamaha because they're all musical instruments going way, way That's back. That's why I thought. Yep. Because I, but it turns out looms, the Japanese silk industry, the Japanese, right? It's Suzuki. Well, wow. they, they stick with their 1909 technology. Suzuki, <laughs> Suzuki, prior to World War II, Suzuki was going to build a car. 
And they had already engineered, they already prototyped an inline four-cylinder, liquid-cooled overhead cam four-stroke motor that they were going to put in a car, and then the fucking war happened. <laughs> and they were too busy building parachutes, or I'm sorry, building weaving looms to And we're talking parachutes. World War I. Well, no, no, this, this, was, oh. uh, this was, yeah, World War II. Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Well, what happened to yeah. Suzuki, though? And so why are they so hesitant to, like, Dude, you move are ahead? absolutely right. My 2003 uh, Ozark, I was, looking up, like, I was yeah. looking up oil filters and oil, right? And it's like 2003 through 2018. Yes. They're all exactly. the same. They're all the same. They haven't changed anything. Yeah. They're very careful. <laughs> yeah, they're a very fucking careful, careful company and so their first motorcycle was actually just like honda was in 1952 they did a thing called a power free which is a little two-stroke motor that you could add to your bicycle mm. and so that was their first one that's how they started with that and then uh their first car was called the suzuki suzu light uh which is just a little two-door two-door sedan um looks like it's jacked up on happy you know fun balls or whatever uh super cool okay when did the 360 come out which one? The Subaru? The oh, Subaru? Yeah. Uh, the Subaru? I don't know. That, was, was, that? that was early 60s, too. That so the Lilac 60s. was actually a motorcycle made by Marosho Company, which... Marosho? Uh, yeah, Marosho. Marosho Company, Motor Company, LTD, yeah. in Japan from 1948 to 1967. And I think they got bought up by Yamaha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Make Very cool. BMW clone, too. Didn't they make an opposed twin? Oh, I don't know. Ooh, that's a good one. We can do some research on that. I thought that Morosho company made a opposed twin. The first woman. I'm not opposed know. to that. I'm not opposed to that at all. Yeah. And when you guys just fisted each other, I mean fist bumped each other, <laughs> it was kind of like a boxer motor. Yeah, exactly. That's a boom. See, this is the way boom. the motor should work. The piston boom. should be like this, and there boom. should be two crankshafts on the outside. And sharing and sharing one combustion. They make right. There is a motor like that. We know. I forget the name of that. Yeah, it's called the Fister. Uh, but it's spelled with a P-H. I just saw no, because it. it would be perfectly in balance. It would be perfectly in balance. Because even yeah. the boxer motors, they're, right. they're uh, out of line. Right. They're out of line. But if exactly. those would be perfectly in line. They would be. I just saw a bike. A fister motor would be the right way a to do it. Motor. I just saw a bike, a classic bike. It was called the Raven, and it was half of a Guzzi motor mounted like toward the front of the bike. Mated to uh, a slow really? Mated a to slow a bike. Triumph. Or uh, Triumph or uh, Norton um, transmission and, wow. and thing, but yeah, it's, it's a it's fucking crazy. dog's brereakfast there, man. It's really CT90. neat. CT ninety, CT called the CT ninety. Yeah, no, but it was really cool because you could tell it was a good, like it has the whole goosey thing and it's just twisted. And it was, I don't the know first name. woman to earn a motorcycle license. No idea. Yeah, nothing. Interesting fact about the first woman to earn a motorcycle Amelia license. Earhart. I know. <laughs> Amelia Earhart. <laughs> She was pulled over by the police and chewed a giant hole in the cop's ass until he eventually relented and said, all right, all right, I give up. You do own, in fact, you do own a motorcycle license. She was the first woman to have a motorcycle endorsement um, in the world. What year? In America, I should say. Uh, I will have to do more research, but her name was Sally Robinson. Hmm. And I'd like to give her the Uppity Bitch Award for, one, having her credentials and not letting anyone fucking tell her what's going on. Because she she chewed a cop's ass. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. So that that's pretty cool. I, I dig every bit of that. So pretty cool. So Sally Robertson, or Robinson, rather, 
Well done. This is this is for right. you. I'll yeah, drink well, to that. I'll drink to that. Yep. And then Fair her name. future generations of her family went to Mars and space in uh, this. <laughs> in the Swiss family? No, no. What was the Robinson? <laughs> lost in space. Lost in space. They got yeah, lost exactly. in space. Yeah. They yeah. were lost in space. She probably had a license, though. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, okay. So back to the motorcycle quiz. Uh, dot, 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 dot. This one's easy. I know we called it impossible, but this one's easy. Just, just tap it in. Just tap it in. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Tap to tap. I feel like that's a clue. Tap to tap. No, no, it's not. It's not. What was the first motorcycle to break 100 miles per hour? Hold on. And it happened in 1922. Bonus tip. India. Happened in 1922. It was an Indian, right? It was not an Indian. Oh. But that just gave them a clue. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. 1922. 1922. Was it on a flat board track, or where was it doing its thing? It could have been up the Bonneville Salt Flat oh, okay. Ass. I don't know exactly where the, where the uh, crime occurred, but I do know that it did happen in 1922, and it was a motorcycle you have heard of if you listen to this podcast. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Then not an Indian. I know the rider. Yeah, you probably do, actually. Wait, you're cheating there. Fresno, He's... California. Yeah. <laughs> it says February 2nd, 1921, Walker became the first rider ever to win a motorcycle race at an average average speed of 100 mile an hour. Well, okay, well. No, what's that? Uh, uh, that was out of Walker. So the motorcycle in question, anyone? 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 The Bruff is... Superior. Yeah. The Bruff Superior. Or, SS100? Yep. And they named it for the speed, right? So the Bruff Superior... Uh, yeah, that motorcycle kicked much ass. Probably the, running uh, a Jap motor. A J-A-P motor? Yeah, that's the... Oh, uh, you're not allowed to say Jap. Well... That's not what it was. It was right. a J-A-P. J-A-P, right. The J-A-P motor. But yeah, the... Extra bonus right. points. Who knows what J-A-P stands for? I don't. Japanese automotive. Yep. Or, uh, so is this information from the, uh, the Curtis... Uh, the Glenn Curtis Museum, incorrect. It says Curtis V8 motorcycle it was a 269 cubic inch V8 mm-hmm. engine powered motorcycle designed and built by aviation pioneer Glenn Curtis. The Curtises. Land speed record of 136.36 miles per hour, January 24th, 1907. And that's an incredible thing yeah. had they built more than one of them. But this was uh, production, a production oh, motorcycle. Production, okay. Yeah, this was a production motorcycle. And cool. a lot of people had gone over 100 miles per hour by 1922. Yeah, on, like on one-offs, right? But they didn't do it on a bike that you could buy. Think about this. And the Bruff Superior, really, you could go out and buy one. It's pretty scary now. You could do like 65 on a 125. Oh, <laughs> no, shit. But, I but, mean, right? But let's think back, though. Like, think about 100 miles an hour on a bike with like two-inch wheel or tires that were maybe Man, rubber. It's true. And, the Lightning, know. I think, uh, Vincent Lightning, I think, is the one that broke 150, right? Yeah. The, the Raleigh Freeride. Uh, yeah, the, famous, the, lightning, you know. the Lightning was pretty hot. You want to feel yeah. that scared, Steve? Hmm. Just ride my Ural. <laughs> At any 60. speed, yeah. at any speed 60. whatsoever. At 60. It doesn't matter. You'll feel like yeah. you're doing 100 on two. That's true. Tires. That is true. Yeah, there's there's nothing about that. And then that when feels so safe things ever. start falling off and yeah. you start going even faster. Yeah. So as a Ural owner, when you were at the IMS show, were you like standing by the booth and they were they were giving their spiel to people and you're like, that's not true. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Here, have this glass of Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. Being a Ural owner is a very difficult thing because I'm not you've, old enough yet. You've invested. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not again. Like, he just bought a BMW motor, motor for his yeah, Urals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did the best upgrade he can do to an Ural. 
re-engine. Yeah, that's it. That that is that Although is Although you know the the freaks on the blogs for for that oh, make yeah. Yeah. are like the that's the best motor ever. No, not the BMW motor. The Ural. The Ural six hundred. They're like your best upgrade is the seven fifties are more reliable than BMW engines and they'll last. The Ural seven fifties better than a BMW motor. Mm. No, my last one. I had a seven fifty and a six fifty. Yeah. Right. And the 750 was worse than the 650. Yeah, I don't know, dude. They're, it sounded like, you know what? Uh, your all sounds like just well, take a box of nuts, <laughs> dump, them in the a gra- <laughs> dump them in a garbage can, and shake it. Well, yeah. you figure, like, yeah. if the valve float starts at about three or 4,000 RPM and you can't rev past, you know, gearbox yeah, sounds at a certain like, point, it can't The gearbox hurt is the worst part of it. I totally you can't agree. find neutral. You can't, and it rattles the whole time. I mean, I guess you could rebuild the whole thing with, like, like a, a BMW, <laughs> a BMW <laughs> transmission would be fine, but but I mean the transmission is what bugs me the most about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's a pressed crankshaft. It's like a. I mean, but who knows how? It seems like they must have like a hundred garages right at the factory, and one guy's in that garage, and he's like, "I'm going to build this one." Yeah. The next guy builds the next one. The next guy builds. I the thought next it was one, so one shop inside the Ural Mountain. <laughs> that was supposed to be bomb. It is literally one shot. <laughs> I thought they just come out of a mountain. There's a little door. It opens up. Gnomes push the bikes. Gnomes out. literally. <laughs> gnomes are in there working. They're like, oh yeah. man, it's so hot. They're next to this like smelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're choosing. Taking, right. You know, it's I mean, like I a like volcano. The and I can't they like it. They're taking freedom ships left over from World War II, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're cutting them into motorcycles. No, yeah. they're cutting up the Chernobyl. <laughs> there could be some radioactive material. That's why everybody who there. owns a Ural has never had kids afterwards. Right. They're Ukrainian <laughs> uranium you based motorcycles because you're sitting on it. Oh, <laughs> the mountain trolls make them. Yeah. Yes. It's so bad, dude. The uh, okay, so. Back to our, our quiz. Uh, in 1897, George M. Hendy founded what bicycle slash motorcycle company? In 1897, George M. Hendy founded a motorcycle company. What was that motorcycle company called? I'm just going to finish his last name. And since his last name was Hendy, I would yeah. say Henderson. Henderson? Okay. All right. Anyone else? Henderson was Henderson. 1897, folks. George M. Hendy. Schwinn. The Indian know. Motorcycle Company. Ooh. The Indian well, Motorcycle Company. Henderson. Well, yeah. yeah, I know. Indian Motorcycle Company. 1897, man. That's a very, very long time ago. Uh, you know, Harley Davidson loves to say that they've been in business since 1903. Uh, in, depending on which book you read, that's completely accurate. And Indian got their start in 1897. That's that's badass, man. I got to give them credit. That's super cool. Except, if unfortunately, for a time there, Indian was anything but a a real American-made. Bike. They were a clothing company for a very long time. Yeah, they were they were little mini bikes that were mounted onto kitty oh, yeah, kitty was, rides. For you'd be like, oh, check it out! I'm in front of Kmart. I'm in front of Kmart. There's an Indian little tiny baby dirt bike. It just says Aramaki on the side, or, or whoever. There were, there were even the Indian Triumphs. Right yep, there. there were Indian yeah. Triumphs. That's right. There were Indian Royal Enfields. Yep. So there were Royal Enfield Indians as well. So yeah, they, that was I mean, a good fifty years. Of they their did life. stick there. They were like, well, we're not building bikes anymore. But we're still building badges. Well, Henderson, yeah. you know what? Indian might not have failed 
had Henderson not died on uh, testing one of his bikes. Right, that's true. Because then Indian bought Henderson. Henderson bought, yeah, right. And then that's they right. invested heavily in their inline fours, mm-hmm. which failed. I mean, Which totally yeah, failed. Yeah. yeah. So they, I think but they I put, love them. Yeah, I know oh, they're I beautiful. Love them too, believe yeah. me. Cleveland Tornado is my favorite bike. <laughs> yeah, in, but, the Cleveland Tornado is one of those machines that it's just dead sexy. It there's is. just nothing. There's nothing it's not awesome sexy about rod it. Like, controlled. I mean, the rods coming through the handlebars. Yeah, linkages. Control, yeah. Oh yeah. Are, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's like the Nimbus. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our next question. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that's a, that's a little bit of something for something. Uh, got to do a fun thing. I I got to kind of sit and do the math on the uh, all of our little bikes, all of our little like play bikes, because you know it's getting fucking crazy around here with the play bikes. Everybody's into the Groms, and uh, you, you know Cameron's got his Z125 Pro, his Kawasaki, and uh, you've got a monkey, and you've got a Passport, or well, I mean. Uh, Super a cub, cub, super cub, yeah, a five so, pass, which is respectable, <laughs> exactly. But the uh, so I've been riding the every chance I get, I ride the TNT one thirty five, and every chance I get, ride the Rascal, and I'm just going out and just flogging the shit out of them. And uh, I had a customer come to my shop and talk about the Vader. Oh, so yeah, 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 the Vader. Did the you Vader, know the, the name? Boom, of, the, hold on, they're all the same. Did you know the company? The name of the company that makes the Vader. It's called Boom. Yeah. Are you going to buy a fucking motorcycle? <laughs> an internal combustion motorcycle from a company called Boom? That's what's going to do when you're riding <laughs> it. So wait, let me, <laughs> as, as, a, as a guy who has dealt with all these like, like Chinese companies and yeah. stuff, right? What what do they benefit? So there's the there's people selling them as Boom. There's yeah, people yeah, selling right. them as Vader. Yep. There's people selling them as like the XR125 <laughs> or something. There's like there's like 15 different versions of the same bike, and they all right. come from the same factory. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. How do they benefit from that? I have like, no it, idea. Because the factory's making the bike and selling it. I mean, the factory doesn't care. I don't think it's. A factory. I don't think it's an factory. I think it's, it's eleven factories. It's lovely. Well, yeah. And the the sad and whole, uh, the cold heart of the fact is, there's a company who's making the same bike for other people. Yeah. Under a, a name brand name. Yes. Right. But they're pumping them out the back door under some other brand. I don't name, think they're know, even they're, working they're, about the yeah. back door. I think it's like, what do you want me to call your version of this order sheet? And I have an order sheet online. And you pick what you want me to make it out of, and I'll make it out of that. And if you want to order the most reprehensible, awful thing, I'll build it for you because I don't give and fuck. Right? I like that. So yeah, that's a that's that's metallurgy, not a problem. Okay, metallurgy, not a problem. Right? Okay, you want to make it? Okay. Look, we have a we have a composition here called Chinesium, and it is only available to you, dickheads. We don't even use it on our own shit. We wouldn't ride this shit. We wouldn't we'll ride this shit. Yeah. It's the only material it's never softer back. than lead and close to mercury. <laughs> but here, here, here's the thing that's... But it is solid at room temperature. And it burns awesome. <laughs> but, but here's the thing that's kind of changed. So, like, when you first, you know, dealt with Chinese bikes, yeah. they were just blown up and they were shit, right? Oh, yeah, right? garbage. So they kind yeah. of figured out that with metallurgy a little bit, right? right. And they have a, you know... You you definitely have to go and change a lot of bolts and stuff on it oh, to yeah. make sure it's going to be good. But mm, yeah. the new problem now is they can't figure out plastic. No, they can't. Like the plastic on my yeah. Grim. Yeah, I'm, I I haven't off roaded it. I haven't done shit with yeah. it. It's a pit bike that I took to Mid Ohio and I go for beer on it. And that's right. it, right? And the plastic is disintegrating. Oh yeah. 
Like yeah. it's turning into dust around yep. the corners. Like yeah. it's it, it's the plastic is horrible. Right. It's, it's probably cornstarch. It really, it literally, I think it is. It, it might mean, be. That's it's, a real thing. It's actually evaporating. Yeah. And when you, um, even if you look at, just move that table. Thank please. you very much. I was just a little bit off center. <laughs> so you the, say uh, that, but you could say that about Japanese plastics. But look at BMW. BMW makes their cars to be 100% recyclable, and they start disintegrating the day you buy them. So it's not like the way it used to be where you'd have a car that yeah. would last forever. You could right. replace a part. You know, you'd replace, you know, whatever, like a single like fan blade or something. The fan blades were probably made out of something that could break down in well, a landfill. And so you, it's breaking down as you're driving it. Right. And if you so, think the plastics are bad, consider the rubber. Oh, yeah. Because right. you know we used to see it on some of like the some of the Indian scooters and stuff like that, rubber bellows that I mean they were brand new and they were already starting to check out like like this was going to disintegrate. And the sad thing is, I was working on a Freightliner truck and the rubber boot around the going into the fuse box, mm-hmm. it was a brand new truck and it was already cracked and dry rotted. It's yeah. like so. Imagine now you've got a motorcycle with seals and tires and so you know. Plastic's one thing. The rubber in them is probably even worse. Right. Because that's what holds the liquids in. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you know, your, your air boot. I mean, I, I know, you know, a lot of the Chinese bikes, the air boot, the carburetor. Yeah. That's like first thing. Throw that away. Put a Honda one on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. The best thing you can do to those Chinese is like take, you know, start throwing Honda parts on there. If they're saying that they're replicating Hondas, the best thing you can do is start getting rid of the Chinese stuff and getting well, replacing it with Honda items. And, I mean, parts are interchangeable. Those, uh, the 250... Chinese scooters, that is a basically, you know, it's a ripoff of a Honda. But here's where you get, so, like, I I bought mine to just leave and ride occasionally, and it's it's, it's fine for that purpose, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a lot of dudes that buy them, and they're, like, they're starting to upgrade them. They want to make it this awesome thing. And at that point... So, like, so you sell the TNT-135. That's right. Yep. That bike is a good bike. Fuck, like, it's, it's amazing. It's fast. It's a great bike. It's crazy. Bike. Yeah. A lot of these guys are buying the 900 Like I did. I bought the $900 Grim, yeah. right? Yeah. But they want to have a fast bike. So they start putting... They put, like, $800 into this fucking $900 yeah. bike, and now they're at $1,800. Right. And it, the quality is still like mediocre. Right. Just buy a used Grom for two grand. Man. Look at our, our little bullshit, this, this sheet I made of all this stuff. What's hilarious is... For the uh, Rascal, I found that Zongshen, who's a company we know, right? So Zongshen makes a big motor, and the very bottom of the middle column is one line item. And it's, it's the hilarious thing, because it's a single line item, and that single line item is a motor. And it's not just a motor. It comes with a carburetor. It comes with a Kickstarter. It comes with everything you need to put it into... The oh, space yeah. formerly occupied by your, you know, uh, you know, nine horsepower motor. But you want to hear the best part about yeah. that motor? Yeah. So that you're talking about the 190, right? Yeah, the 190. So it has a horsepower. shift problem. Oh, really? The shift star yeah. has a problem, and it's a four dollar part. <laughs> but but they're not in the middle of the motor. <laughs> so they're saying like you have to get this four dollar part. It's a right. twenty minute fix, and then you have a solid motor. Oh, okay. All right. So that's, well, that's, that's another option. And another thing is, it's the Intel, right? So you right. got to know about that, right? And I was looking at that. I was like, I was pricing that motor out. I was kind of looking at the specs of it. I was like, why would you even waste time on other things when for eight hundred and fifty bucks, yep. you can totally motor swap it and and make it badass. And then the TNT. I yeah. was reading a, a forum recently about the TNT. And whatever that motor that's in the TNT mm-hmm. is based off of a Honda motor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can get the Honda hop up. It, okay. It takes to like 150 or 160. Yeah, I think I saw it's, it. Uh, there's right a there. part number somewhere. Yeah. 
but it's a direct bolt on, and then you have Honda head yeah, on your so bike. So that uh, the one fifty five okay, for the, the Weiss- TNT is actually made in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a Weisco. Okay, oh, really? is that the, yeah. it's a Honda part number. It's a Honda part number. Okay, yep, that's it. Yeah, so it's a Honda For part like a number. CRF one fifty or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's a Honda part number uh, Weisco product at one hundred and fifty five cc's. And what's kind of interesting about that, I did a little bit of research, and the funny thing is. It's a bolt-on, which we all like (laughs) bolt-ons. So it's a bolt-on, but not only is it a bolt-on, but... You can also change the CDI because it fits like bolt-ons, as opposed to strap-on. Okay, exactly right. Yeah, it's a strap-on, but because that's a fuel-injected motorcycle, they do make an ECU mod for it as well. So somebody's cracked code on the ECU mod, and so a pipe. ECU mod and this crazy Made in America Weissco top end kit. And I did look at the top end kit. It looks fantastic. You get everything you need in the box. And it goes from, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of seven and a half torques to 15. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it goes to 15 torques. And I've made a commitment. I'm going to start. I'm not going to talk about horsepower as much as we talk about torques because, again, horsepower is just a weird thing that only happens at a certain point and torques like is a little are more better. what's that diesels are better torques are torques man i can feel torques i, I agree horsepower is a concept but yeah, yeah. okay so put yeah. them down where you use them i still wish we I would want, go to i want kilowatt. both numbers to be high i yeah as high as possible <laughs> that's all please. i'm saying i yeah. mean i'll take 120 horsepower at 70 torques mm-hmm. right yeah. you know that's still great 120 torques at 70 horsepower that's still great too it's still great mm-hmm. and it is I'll a take very... 120 horsepower at 120 torques that'd be yeah. even better and even be better and that's what's funny about it is you know when you look at a machine and you go okay well it produces let's just use an ambiguous number it makes 40 horsepower at 7200 rpm well that's great if i'm running it at 7200 rpm and if i'm mostly running it at 3500 rpm it only makes you know and, well, 30 and, horsepower there, and it's not going to be much fun. It's not just like, it, right. it, it actually has a direct correlation. Yep. It's like talking about the bore and stroke of a motor. Absolutely. Yep. And, the, because, and the bore and the stroke of the motor determines what kind of, you know, along with the cam. But, right. right. You know, like if you have a square motor, you like a short stroke. And long like, stroke's going to give you a torque. Torque people yep. want long strokes. The whole thing about a stroker motor, I we've always got a kick out of that because one of our favorite motors around here to to use as a measuring stick for other shit is a buddy 125 and so there's this ridiculous little scooter called a, a genuine buddy 125 but it it is unusually good like it's unkillable it's, it <laughs> you is. can't murder it no. you could leave it out i have i have ones that have been stolen multiple times They've been, you know, East Cleveland. We've tried to find a rev limiter sitting on the lift. Yes, I've been. We had one in the back of the. We aggressively searched for the rev limiter. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there is no electronic rev limiter at all. It didn't cut out, and it was. And it just pulls. And it's like pulls like a. It's not gonna. It's like where's the? I don't know. There's probably a rev limiter somewhere. (laughs) So no, there is. Here's the funny part. So all these dudes with the Groms and the Grims and the 120 whatever. They're all 125 motors. They top out at like 55. Yeah, pretty much. Like with my fat ass and pretty much any of ours, you can hit 70 miles an hour on a slight downhill on a buddy. I know. I GPS confirmed. Yeah. Uh, And you know, this was after 11 hours on the bike or after 10 hours on the bike. I've got GPS records. And yours was brand new, right? No out of the crate. Mi- yeah, out of the no crate. No warm-up. Right, right. No break-in. It had 44 miles on it when I started the race. Right. But after 10 hours of torture, 
after 10 hours feeding it 87 octane gas in a you know 220 pound test app right. you know test ass <laughs> it still was able to pull a top speed of like 71 miles an hour yeah. on the freeway with wind when i was by, when i was drafting behind the trucks i was getting up to 73 74 miles per hour that's an unusually good little 125 motor and I don't care who you are. That's the standard by which you'll be judged in this shop if you show up here with a small displacement bike. Plus it lasts. It does last. Mm -hmm. We have idiots that can't kill them. I've had them come in here with no oil in them, and they still survive. I think there's only been one, really, that I In my time, there was one. And this guy was was commuting on the highway on the daily. Every day. And it had to vaporize the oil out of the cranking. I think that it was six months, because we know for a fact... The last time the oil was changed was at its first service at 600 miles. It had over 6,000 miles on it, and it came in with a melted dipstick. The dipstick, the dipstick was actually melted, so and there was not a any evidence of oil in it. And how long did it run with no oil? And impossible. I mean, it it's impossible up. to know because it was yeah. probably 3,000 miles with no oil. It ran with almost no oil for how long? For a very Until long time. Until it finally got to the point where it would not suck up a drop of oil. Dude. It, yeah. It's hundred. So I had a buddy of mine that he owns a restaurant and he's he buddy. commutes all over Cleveland Heights. Yeah, right. And he brought it. He has a black buddy. He bought it from you. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many years ago. Yep. It has ten thousand eight hundred and fifty miles yeah. on it. And when he brought it, he's like, I don't know anything about anything. Can you change oil? And I think it needs a belt. So he had the belt. He had all this stuff. I was like, yeah, just bring it over. It was in the summer. So I was like, It fine. needed the oil. It didn't need a belt. So I undid the thing, and I pulled all the stuff out. Yeah. And, and a cup of oil came out of it. Like one cup tar. of like tar, a cup of tar black came tar. Out. Yeah. And so I, I changed the oil. I changed yeah. the belt. We did all the stuff. And this thing sounds like a fucking sewing machine. I know. And it, it runs as fast as it did the day he got yeah. it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's the weirdest thing. But, yeah, the, that's one of those games that people are just like, well, it, it's just it, that bike, for some strange reason. I know we're a motorcycle. Buddies will be the CT70 of the future. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. the AK-47 of the future. They're the cockroach of the future. If they put, <laughs> that, if they put that into a more like kind of mixed-use frame, yeah. kind of like a, a, a CT110 yeah. frame or something like well, that. Well, I mean, like with some of you've repurposed some of the buddies, the— We've made a skateboard. The skateboard we have a seventy mile an hour skateboard. So uh, Emmy took our mechanic Emmy. She took a uh, she took a, a lightly destroyed buddy. Uh, you know, just just crashed enough. The title didn't mean anything anymore. And uh, our friend Alex Tazzy showed up from Annapolis. And uh, Emmy and I we were we were getting ready for a big rally weekend. We we're like, we got to take something special. Well, let's do a let's make a let's make a buddy into a chopper. We'll take all the plastic off of it. We'll cut the frame. You'll sit down nice and low, and we'll put some ape hangers on it. It'll be fun. And then it was like, yeah, we should do that. It's like, well, what? And then I, I don't know if it's Alex or me or Emmy or it's just a group mind fuck, but we were like, well, let's just put plywood on it, and we'll put a skateboard deck on it. So we made a really big snowboard style <laughs> skateboard deck. We put grip tape all over it. And we gave you the option of either standing on it and riding it like a skateboard or sitting on it and riding it like an ape hanger chopper. Your choice. <laughs> we had a front deck and a back deck. So the, the, we didn't have a tiller. Well, we had a poop, <laughs> so we had a poop deck. So the poop deck was on the back, and that was kind of set up at an angle. We put a half a gallon Briggs & Stratton gas tank on it, which is more than you'll ever need. Ever. And uh, pumped LED lights through it so people could see it, you know, so you didn't get hit by it by accident. Right. Put the loudest pipe we could find on it, rejetted it, and everything worked. Yeah, and it was and it was unfuck. And we put giant weird 
you know, trailer tires on it, big knobby trailer tires. And we put 10-inch trailer tires on it, and it turns out it is the perfect vehicle for just about anything. Sounds like, good. There's nothing you can't do with the with that bike. And uh, she called it, she named it Johnny Five. Johnny Five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, because it's just like, parts aren't where they're supposed to be. Like, you know, it just looks like a little, a little angry robot. And the weird thing is, though, you know, that was a 150. And we know that those bikes, with all the parts that are should be, should be there, will easily go over 70 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And then you take those parts off, doesn't make it any heavier. It makes it lighter. And if you're standing up, as you do, <laughs> and you've got your one foot behind you on the kick deck, you know, and you got your one foot in the front, and you're sitting all, you know, goofy style like I do, and you're going 70 miles an hour on dirt, that's hang, some shit, man. Hang 10. <laughs> yeah, it is some shit. You five. want some more pins? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the fastest fucking skateboard I've ever ridden in my life. It's a scary thing. And it does it so well. Like, it does it reliably. And you can't ride it anywhere else. You pretty much, you know, you can't get that thing down the street. The police, all the police are going to pull you over. So how did they get the metallurgy right to make that motor just kill, unkillable? I have no idea. Like, is it a, what stroke, what born stroke is it? Is it a, well, it's a square motor. We were talking about that, stroker square motor. Square. So, yeah. you know, out of the factory, straight up, we were joking that the one... 25s actually run better than the 170s I've always do liked the 125s because it's a stroker motor and it's that's it's even when you're talking about something as small as you know a 47 cc or 47 millimeter piston that's really tiny i mean that's small uh we're not talking about cc's we're talking about millimeters and when you have something that's the size of a medicine bottle it's I, somehow it benefits to have a long stroke even when you're talking about 125 cc's and in that application, that little thing has a never-say-die mentality. Like, you can't overcook it. Go figure. Uh, I think the 70s are the same. I mean, the yeah. Honda, Honda 70s cool. are the yeah. same game. It's a long-stroke motor. Yeah. Comparative, you know. I mean, the, the little 70s are actually a long-stroke motor with a dome piston. Mm -hmm. You know, and then yeah. there were various builds on them. Some, And then they changed. Like, my 82 is different. It's a flat-top piston. That's a flat-top, They, they yeah. changed some yeah, things, late. you know. The CT90s had long rod versus yeah. short rod builds and stuff like that where same crank, but the rod was longer, so the deck height and stuff, and just, I don't know. It is this, and that's why when somebody tells you how many CCs you're dealing with, that's not the end of the story. And it it's really... Totality, it's the totality of the engine. I it think. is. At one yeah. time, I worked out, I mean, if you look at what a, a CT90 puts out as far mm -hmm. as horsepower... And you extrapolated that out to a Chevy 350, <laughs> it would be a, a 700 horsepower Chevy 350. It would be could, because it's make, true. Yeah. If, if if everything is based on horsepower per liter, right? And, you and it would it, rev to 10 grand because yeah. you know the crank on a on a Honda 70 or 90 is on right. roller ball bearings. It is. It yeah. is not on plane bearings. No. It is not on, not on a bushing. roller yeah. bearings. Right. It is roller ball bearings. Yeah. You, when you have one apart, you can spin the crank and it's just. It just spins. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. They well, are made to spin, and yeah. there's also like the the drivability and the fun factor. Like you know, you can have you can have that new uh, what is it, the Rocket Three or whatever mm -hmm. that has a million horsepower. <laughs> it sounds great. It's going to be fun, whatever. But honestly, some of the small bikes are way more fun. Mm -hmm. You get into turns and do things like that. Like oh well, and then basically the Buddy is that same thing. But it's also got roller ball bearing camshaft. Yep. So everything exactly. it's oh, really? a full roller yeah. motor. Oh. Yeah, it's a roller motor. Hmm. It's the weirdest little motor. Like for any project. One, they didn't, 
they didn't build a shortage of them. There's a lot of them around there. And they're also, they're a, a fun little motor. You can put it in a lot of different projects. For a gasoline-powered motor with a just a fucking bulletproof top end, a bulletproof bottom end, a carburetor that's very good. It works all the time. The transmission, the CVT is Yeah, solid. it's Everything a really good motor. Back. Like So anytime anybody's like, oh, I'm going to do a GY6 conversion. Fuck no, dude, do a buddy conversion. Like, well, don't, it's still, I mean, it wouldn't that still be a GY6? I hate the term. Again, okay. yeah, the we second somebody that with Chineseium. Look, yeah, the second somebody says GY6, I know what they mean, and they mean Chineseium. Okay. And for me, spend the extra fucking 10 minutes to find a blown up buddy. We've got no shortage won't. of them here. You're not, you're only, it's true. You won't find, find a blown a up buddy. You might find a crash yeah, buddy. And I've buddy. seen them for going for dirt cheap. Like mm-hmm. every once in a while, you'll see one up there for yeah. 900 bucks, 800 Dude, bucks. Yeah. I got like, mine with 600 miles on it for right. $750. Exactly. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I want to find one now. They're so good. I've wanted to get one for a while. Yeah. If I was going to put my wife on anything, yeah. it would be a buddy. Oh, I'd put her on a buddy well, in that's an instant. What, my wife's going to graduate from her Metropolitan, I think, to yeah. buddy this buddy? year. Yeah. So, and I'll have to ride my BV. That's one of those things that, and what's weird is that, you know, the buddy go. came out in 2006 and it's still like, it's still the same bike. Yep. And it, it falls into that Suzuki syndrome yep. or that KLR 650 well, syndrome. Right, I guess. I mean, it's good. But for it, it works, man. It fucking works. It looks yeah. like it came out yesterday. It, it stylistically. Oh, the price never changed either. No, but style. <laughs> yeah. It's the same price. It's They've like been a dime 20, bag. It's always been it is a dime bag. It's a dime bag scooter. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's a dime bag. But they didn't fuck yeah. it up. It's not ugly right. either, even no, for the time fine. period. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's a 1990. Oh, look, that's a 90 scooter or yeah. a 2000 scooter. No, it works, too. Yeah, it's, it's not a Honda Reflex. It doesn't, not a Reflex. Reflex. It doesn't yeah. look like a Honda. It doesn't look like a Chinese scooter. It's a buddy. We had a photo shoot in the shop today. So fucking funny. Uh, we had a photo shoot. This uh, chick came in. Not chick. This young lady came in, and she's posing for a logger. She's posing for a um, a local uh, a local magazine of ill repute. And she this this fella approached us at the motorcycle show and asked that if it'd be okay if we did some shoots at our oh, shop from time to time. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the pictures. She likes it. This is my model. Yeah. That was that guy, right? Well, I, I think that he's for hire. Okay. And so this young lady wanted to appear in uh, this magazine and has employed or volunteered his services, which to me I thought was just a really creepy way to meet young girls. Yeah. But his wife came to hold all the lighting shit. Oh. So his wife mm-hmm. came to hold all like the lighting reflectors and shit. That so she's in on it. it. So yeah, they're in, so they're <laughs> so in the lifestyle. Yeah, they're in the lifestyle. So saying, I think they might be in the lifestyle, if you know what I mean. Uh, Murray's a piece of shit. But the uh, so this this young girl is just draping herself all over our Suzuki GS one thousand and. In a gym, you know, you have to wipe down the equipment after you're done. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I regret to inform you the GS1000 has not been wiped down yet. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'll be back. If anybody needs me, I'll be in my bunk. The uh, So, but this is what's weird is they showed up and I was like, they're like, oh, so they're looking around our shop and, you know, we're sitting, there's at least 100 bikes around us, right? Mm-hmm. So there's about 100 bikes in this room with us. And they're like, oh, no, we really need something from the 70s. And I was like, Wait a second. You know, first of all, she wasn't born in the 70s. Exactly. <laughs> and second of all, really, there's a big gray area, right? So Chris Smith's bike was sitting there. He's not here to defend himself tonight either, which is really fun. So his GS450 is over there. And I was like, well, that bike's almost from the 70s. I mean, technically, 1980 was still the 70s if you use like 
that math that they tell you that it's not officially the new decade until year one. It was Did you say we got rid of all that bullshit? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Where do you, where do you keep that? Oh, in the, the big room I have for people who don't pay their bills. The, uh, in the dead carburetor room. But so I was like, well, there you go. And so this, this chick was warming up to Chris's GS450. Yeah, and so they're like, they got the 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 Ape, the three wheeler with a backstop, backdrop, and everything else. And somebody was like, "Well, we need a bike from the '70s. Like, we really need a real bike from the '70s." And I was like, "Absolutely, sure. I've got Vespas and Lambrettas and shit from the '50s, '60s, and '70s. No, we need a bike from real the bike. '70s, real bike." And I was like, "Well, there's a fucking Evo over there that's from the '80s, but who the fuck could tell? Because Harley didn't change anything ever, you know." Far be it for anyone to detect the difference between a 78 FLH and a 83 FLH. If I was that chick, I'd have thrown myself all over the GB500. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, photo mom uh, looks up in the window and goes, well, we'll use that. And I was like, well, that's on a lift in my front window. So go fuck your hat. I'm not taking that down. That looks like work. And she's like, well, that's the kind of bike we're talking about. We need a bike from the 70s. And I was like, ha ha, that bike's in 1989. So you're an idiot. And anybody who knows their bikes will know that. And that's the problem is when people have their fantasy of a, a shoot, a photo shoot, and then they have like reality, we want a bike from the 70s. Well, the bikes you picked aren't from the 70s. And that's how you end up with a chick with a pair of vice grips trying to remove a carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also or true. Or a pipe wrench trying to, pipe wrench trying to take a tight carburetor up for the picture. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Might as well have a monkey sitting there because you made yourself look stupid to all the people who own motorcycles. And that Harley people, though. So she was here for about an hour or so, and I gave him the number to uh, Skidmark Garage because I know that Shaffron's got, I know Skidmark Garage has got 70s bikes littering the place, you know, so. And that's the right place for it. That's her. the right place. It looks like you want it to look. They'll it's, be happy to have it. It's disgustingly uh, dirty and filthy. The carpet. They'll be thrilled. Yeah, they got a bar and all the acrobines that go on the wall. Oh, it looks perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect place to do a shot of some girl who wants to send a message to a V-twin powered magazine that this 19-year-old girl is in the 70s. It's bad. It's a bad scene, dude. It's a really bad scene. I asked them what magazine they were posing for and I was like, "Well, you know, if Rolling it's, Thunder." No. No. It's not Easy Rider. And I was like, <laughs> "It's not Iron Pony." I was like, "How dark, like how dirty are these pictures going to be?" And when she told me the name of the magazine, I was like, uh, yeah, they don't give a shit. They don't know. Like, the people that run that magazine have no idea what's from 1969 versus 1989, you know. It, so what is it? We're not talking about that. 69. Okay. Yeah, anyway. So you have to bleep out anything again, you said. I don't, I don't know who listens to the podcast. It amazes me all the time when people come in and they're like, so my wife and our church and I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Two words on the outfit. Yeah. What were the outfit? Daisy Dukes. Just a good old boy. It was. Well, the Duke boys really got themselves into some trouble now. Um, It's all you. Are you out? I have to go out with my wife. Yes, you do. It's Saturday night. Dude, Steve, I'm surprised you were here. Tell Kit. Yeah. Kit Kit normally has... You guys have a long-standing arrangement for Saturday nights. I've been with her on Saturday night for 30 years. 30 years. Right, but last night was Valentine's night, right. so even the married guys yeah, got a we piece. Don't, like we're not a yeah. Valentine's like Friday night to us yeah. is podcast night. There you go. See, <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah. But, but tonight is, uh, we won't, we'll make it an abbreviation. What did they tonight. say? Friday was for the girlfriends and Saturday is for the wives? So in our in our room, Fridays for the podcast, Saturdays for your boyfriends. For yeah, yeah. Right. it's just so podcast listeners know it's Saturday. We didn't do podcast last night because it was uh, Valentine's night. Yep. So a lot of people, you know, commit their husbandly obligations. We're not total obligations. savages. Yeah, We're not we, enjoy, total we, had, we had a nice night out, but yeah. I mean, it's still like I don't want to break a record. Just like rock on, I dude. Called in sick for twenty one and a half years to I'm your job. Impre- to I'm not job. impressed to your by job. that, by the way. In fact, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> we think we would think that you'd have a better commitment to fun. Yeah. I think less of you now. Right. right. You're supposed to use your sick days. That's I, why they give them to you. I took one day off right. when Maggie was born. What the shit? And then that was it. That was the last time you took off? That's the last time I took off. I have 3,000 sick hours. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Do you get a one-to-one? What do you get? At, what's your payout on those? I'm, I'm going to lose like 2,700 of them. Paget Brewster is a. You don't even get actress. a one third payout. Nope. That's uh, ridiculous. We get fifty days, whatever that is. Paget Brewster is an actress, days. and one of my favorite quotes from her is that: "Do not. I know you may think that I'm psychic, but I'm actually just incredibly well prepared." And I think that's where you are with your job. Well, I just I always thought I could have a heart attack. Right. And if I had a heart attack and I was out for a year, yeah. Then I I'm backed up. They can't fire me. Oh yeah, my wife could take like two or three years off of work, and yeah, just straight up, just claim mental illness. I right. feel bad. I only have seven hundred hours. That's good. Seven hundred hours. To most people, you know, Holy people burn their sick shit. time all the time. Yeah. And then if you use it, if you don't have it, right? Then they put you on FMLA, which right. is unpaid. Well, you yeah. have to go on FMLA to use it. I mean, if, with us, if you're like, yeah. My argument is, you can't put me on FMLA. If I have sanctioned time, because right. because then you could say at the end of like the FMLA period, the ninety days, they can terminate you. And mm-hmm. how can they terminate you if you have three thousand hours that you can use? I haven't used it for twenty. I'd so, be terrified. So obviously, to it carries over. I would be it terrified to terminate oh, you. Man, mine doesn't. I have a feeling that you know how to shut the entire city down, like that. I can constipate it. <laughs> I could make you all very, just very shit sick. Bubbling up from toilets everywhere. That's great. Is this? Is the? Do we have coronavirus? No. Steve no. just got fired. <laughs> Reverse flow. Right. <laughs> what happened? The entire city's sick at the same time. Fucking goddamn curmudgeonly sewer guy. Yeah. Yeah, don't fuck with the sewer guy. Don't fuck with the sewer guy. No, don't do it. As I say all the time, man, you don't fuck with a guy who owns a hearse. No. no, you just don't. You know why? He's been looking forward to this opportunity. Yep. He's been he's been dragging around some shit in the back of his car and just looking for a body. So to what's put that in say there. about a guy that owns a Japanese hearse? Again. <laughs> just s- smaller smaller problems. Yeah, that's it. Uh I, I don't know if you guys know this. We sold the fucking red Harley Davidson. Huh. Oh. Yeah, the the old the old uh, Evo. Um, Cameron's gonna be fucking butt hurt as shit because yep. he was sizing that bike up, like he'd smelled, he'd licked the seat. Uh, he he was it was his bike as far as he was concerned. We also had some people come in, uh, local Harley, uh, fucking you know ass lickers that were coming in that were like, dude, you're asking way too much money for that bike. That bike's only worth thirty two hundred, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? I found a guy that took it out for a test ride. Absolutely loved it. Wanted to trade me his KZ one thousand. 
<laughs> he's been fucking his hat for the past week. and uh, But yeah, he's thrilled. He owns the bike now. And so he's just got to come and pick it up. We Do you wait. have another KZ1000? No, fuck that shit. Oh, good. No, All right, I want no, no, done, done. There's I'm, a lot of people disappointed I'm, about a second video now. I'm done. KZ1000. I'm so fucking right. done. I won't own a KZ1000. And the fact that I actually like them is secondary. Right. I can't own them because of what goes along with it. You could own them, but they just can't be in here. They can't be visible. Yeah, it'd be like a closet thing. It'd be like, you know, what what are you really into that's really weird? Yeah. KZ-1000s. Like, like Phil, how weird is that? Phil is known to get up at 5 a.m. and ride his KZ-1000 <sighs> so when nobody can nobody's see me. out. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. I had no idea that bike was a bug light for creepy old white guys. You can't even go to a bike show. Your no. day is ruined. Exactly. <laughs> fucking ridiculous, man. I still have people today coming in here is like, I thought you guys had a KZ-1000 in here. The guy with today with the photo shoot. The photo shoot guy was like, I thought you guys had a KZ-1000. No, they were, those bikes were adjacent link? to our booth. Just send them the link to the video. I like the way the guy was like, oh, that's a GS-1000. Well, that's like a KZ-1000. She can pose on that. Exactly Who the gives same. a shit what the fuck it is? The girl who's posing on it is 11. She has no business being naked on a motorcycle anyway. And you're going to put it in the world's worst motorcycle magazine, mm. sponsored by Ralph C. Bus, attorney. <laughs> oh, God. It's horrible. Why do we live this way? We could do better, I think. Yeah. Why are you drinking a blue thing now? Oh, because the red was done. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say every time I go away. Like, yeah. I go to Portland, and albeit the Portland was a little bit on, like, at least where we were, it wasn't like the nice area of Portland no, or whatever. No, we were in the industrial sector. But God, I mean, maybe it's just our airport because yeah. when I come back at ten o'clock at night, yeah, and New and Cleveland Hopkins Airport is on lockdown, yeah, they park you at the end of the fucking concourse and make you walk the whole way past all these shuttered fucking restaurants and stuff. <laughs> I flew. I didn't get a bite to eat. I'm glad we stopped and ate a little breakfast. Yeah, because that was the only food I had all day? until I got to fucking Holy Cleveland shit. at ten o'clock at night. My God, man, you were like flying for 13 hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, wow, I missed my layover, all right. kinds of bullshit and everything. Yeah. But then you come in and it's like, I feel like I came into an Eastern Bloc country. Right. The lighting's dim. There's a light flickering. It's like that airport they built in China <laughs> that nobody ever all used. The way. Then I get on the, I took the train. So I, I didn't want to pay $33 for an Uber. So I jumped on the train and took it to Triscuit Rapid. You took the Amtrak? Yeah. I mean, I sorry, you took the RTA? Yeah, yeah. The shame train? Yeah, sure. Right on. Two fifty, two dollars fifty cents. Yep. <laughs> you said it. I'm Scottish. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you get on the train, and then they're like, I know what. I mean, I get it. Right. It was somebody did all these portraits. Well, yeah, but it's all miserable fuckers, like sitting there, like mm, like just normal people. Is that on the rapid? Yeah, and then so you start driving, and these these faces are going. Wait, past wait. You. They have portraits of rapid patrons. Yeah, well, like they, people people from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. But not like happy, smiley Cleveland. Like no. just people, like no, it's realistic. Just like people so, it looks like a just standing there, like nineteen twenties. And so these life. start going yeah. by the windows, and it's all dark outside the train. You're just seeing these like. You Random know, ghosts, uh, you know, oh, yeah, and you're like, oh, like really? This is what you thought people coming to Cleveland yeah, should want see? To see? I know you got it for free. Somebody did it. Yes, <laughs> it's probably good art. You had to put it somewhere, but this is, and it's kind of cool. If and, I wanted to film a fucking scary movie or something with all this shit flying, and you, know? you took oh, yeah. the train in the if you were winter, filming a Rutger Hauer film, it'd be perfect. Where a lot of the homeless guys are like two fifty, and I can be warm all day. And oh, all the, the, dude, the, art, oh, the driver was trying to get three guys off when I got on oh, and everything. Yeah. 
thing. And they're like, really? He's only got two hands. You know, this is the end of the line, man. You got to get off somewhere. You can't just ride a train on a fucking thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And then it's all stupid. RTA is stupid, too. You know, you go, like, last time I rode a train, you could pay when you got on the train. Oh, Absolutely. no. You had, you had to hit that kiosk all the way back there. And I'm like, you go back and I'm like, where's the, oh, yeah, here's the kiosk. It doesn't say, like, there's not a sign that says pay here before you get right. on the train. Yeah, yeah. There was a kiosk. It looks like a little ATM. I'm like, okay. You're looking at that, and it doesn't even like everything's just. I'll stupid. tell you oh, what. Yeah. I'm going to pay the two fifty, so you don't have to throw me off later. Yeah. yeah fuck you. I won't pay anything, and I will well, get off it. voluntarily. Well, that's I'm stupid. Yeah. There's probably not going to be fair enforcement from the airport to Triscuit. I no, could have exactly. just broke for and, free, but and like the things on the train don't work to show you where you are. Oh right. fuck! And then no. the guy, the driver's no. like, <laughs> oh, he didn't even call <laughs> after stops, <laughs> and then when he does, he's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you're well, like, was I have no State. fucking idea where I am right now. <laughs> like, can you just get a fuck? This is, you know, of the many times where a robot would have been better. Right. right? <laughs> you know, you go to Vegas and you drive the auto rail and there's yeah. not a fucking driver yeah. in it. Right. It's all automated. It's all but you automated. can tell what you, yeah. every you time you get off the stop, are. some yeah. woman's voice says, yeah. this is right. fucking Sahara Station. Right. So, exactly. So my wife had the big deal. Like, we were going to go down to something that was like really crowded downtown in the summer, right? Yeah. And my daughter loves trains, the youngest one. So she's like, let's go to the station. We'll take the rapid down and do whatever. So we get on the rapid. It was it, There's like a million people there. There's a dude fapping himself in the seat to the left. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. This is a great adventure we're on right now. Thank you getting a full much. ride. Yeah. 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 Yay, Cleveland. The kid was, uh, <laughs> I go down to the post office down here, which is RTA. Life and, in the Rust Belt. Yeah. yeah right. And... This dude comes off, and he is just the scraggliest-looking white dude I've ever seen in my life. He's wearing, like, a triple XL men's T-shirt and some, like, the best way I can describe it is jams. Did he have a face tattoo, though? I don't know. Like misery or anything? It could have been, but it yeah. could have been. He was very blotchy. <laughs> uh, he was he was a, a blotch. His whole body was a blotch. But he'd gotten off of the, you know, by the post office where I go, right down the street here, is where the, the train and the rapids sort of congregate. And um, many people have been murdered in that park. And the, uh, this kid comes off the train or off the bus, and I'm driving in with my mail and whatnot. I'm, like, getting T-shirts to the people who deserve them. Oh, by the way, Patreon listeners, Renee's printing T-shirts now. No. Oh. Special T-shirts for podcasts. Is that what those screens are? Yep, that's oh, what all the nice. screens are. Yeah, right. we're, getting printing, we're printing new T-shirts. Right it's on. very exciting. Um, so, but... I'm looking, and this it's broad goddamn daylight, and this guy has his dick out. <laughs> Either that or he's choking a hairless hamster. I can't figure it out. Whether he's trying to shove a hairless hamster into his pants or beating his meat like it owes him money. I don't know. But he's walking down the street, and he's just aggressively trying to smother his other thumb that isn't hooked to his hand. And it's just vicious. And I'm sitting at the light. I get stopped at the light, and I get to watch this guy. He's walking. He's he's walking and jerking at the same time, which, again. Nice job. No, I can't arrive at that. Like, what's the visual? Where's my brain going? I need a plot. Yeah. I need a subplot. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that's not there. I'm not going to literally be grabbing my junk, walking on the streets in Cleveland on West 140th Street. You in know? February, Not no that you mention right. it, though. I mean, that could be kind of liberating. There's like, nothing sexy about it, dude. There's nothing sexy. There's nothing cool about it. Look, there's the what used to be a Harley dealership. Look, there's a out of like a, a lightly out of work car dealership. Like, come on, what the hell? Why are you doing that? 
And he's doing it like he's making eye contact with the car drivers. Maybe he's turned on by failure. Again, well done. <laughs> then he picked the right town. He's doing yeah. a monkey man thing. Yeah, he's doing it. But he's like kind of looking at people all hard. And I was like, for a moment, I was like, if you want to be like a tough, bad motherfucker, yeah. that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty a, tough. That's a hard no on that. That's one a pretty. Yeah, that's pretty tough. But then I was like, you know aggro self abuse. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Eh, right. I was, and so I just I rolled my window down. It's cold out. I rolled my window and I was like, dude, don't make a statement unless it's a big statement. You're barely getting my attention with that shit. <laughs> and I rolled my window back up and I delivered my mail. And I hope it had an impact on him. I can't say it did. I don't know. I felt a little better from having gotten involved in the situation. But, yeah, I spent at least a minute at that light watching that guy walk up wearing his bullshit Jimmy Jams and wearing this, like, triple extra large basketball shirt from, like, the Looney Tunes movie or something and just beating his meat as he's walking down the street. And it's just, yeah, I don't need that. Like, I got enough good shit going on in life. I don't need to see Mr. Failure over here with the one-inch dick. Like, that's not cool. That's terrible. Yeah, he's not jerking off. So, he's just kind of like. Wait, let me it. get this straight. If he had a twelve-inch cock, that would have been better or okay. I would have sat through a light. <laughs> Seriously, I, I mean, look, that's a show at least. One, right? one. <laughs> Holy shit! One, that's a unicorn. He's got his lightsaber out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's a unicorn. <laughs> Two, if I catch that on video, that's like a million hits. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're gonna do that. We're going there, people. A parking yeah. car. We're going there. Yeah, I'm gonna get a ticket for not obeying a traffic signal, because if I see that on a white dude, game on, man. We're we're going. Uh, Speaking of million hits, yeah. So you, you guys. <laughs> Speaking you, of millions. Well, no, it just, it just hit my head. So these guys were all freaking out on the Japanese, uh, the Japanese uh, motorcycle forum yeah. on Facebook about this guy who had uh, uh, a Kawasaki KZ, whatever, with the the two fifty three, whatever. So our dude Trevor, all the guys from Mid Ohio, yeah, yeah, so Trevor Green, all these yeah, guys, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, "Man, these are crazy. I wish we could see these, whatever." So I'm watching the video. And there's fucking, there's Dan from Cincinnati fucking holding up the shit with his fucking captain's hat on. And they're doing the, I'm like, oh, that's our dude from mid-Ohio. Like, yeah. that's their guys. Like, that's Trevor and the other yeah, guys. Yeah, they all, all had right. these fucking bikes. And they're like, oh, really? You guys are there? So I posted a couple pictures of us there. Like, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's our dude. And like, here's, here's, here's the pictures. Like, oh shit, we've seen you motherfuckers for years at this place. And I was like, yeah. And so they were like, they thought this thing was fake. And they're like, they thought it was like, you know, some whatever. I'm like, no, this shit exists. So we figured out there were three, like, Kawasaki KZ whatever little 75s yeah. with the 253 three-cylinder. Yeah, that's the stroke. thing is everyone sees this little mini bike running around. And they see this mini bike running around with a broadsides yeah. three-cylinder on it. You know, a left to right three-cylinder. And they're like, dude, it's an H1 or it's an H2. It's an S." Two, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, uh, they made, so Kawasaki they made, made some, some smaller displacement. Uh, I had an S3 400cc. Not to say, I absolutely it's, loved it. Not it to great. say it's any yeah. less badass. Fucking badass. Yeah. Right. You put that in shit a, in a mini bike. Right. You fucking freak. And you sounds, weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Which Trevor fits that bill 100%. Well, he's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. secret yeah. of that, too, is yeah. that was not a Kawasaki. That was actually a Honda yeah. well, mini bike with Kawasaki livery. Right, exactly. Kawasaki motor in a Honda frame with Kawasaki KV75. Well, no, but the other dude had a Kawasaki 
K something 75. K 75, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he put the whatever. So there was three of yeah. them there. And yeah. so it was the debate. But all these guys were saying, like, oh, wow, this doesn't exist. I'm like, oh, no, it totally does. Oh, it totally exists. And you for the. Get them to race the um, Grom base zero. Mm, mm. That's true. And that is a fucking great idea. Oh, that thing would kill it. Um, the, the electric bike would murder that I thing. I think that at this point, we do have to acknowledge the fact that we are making early preparations for Mid Ohio. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's fair at this point to say. Oh yeah. The uh, I do want to give a shout out to all the misfits. Uh, Michael, that showed up, who was leaving sprinkles, beard sprinkles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the misfits that showed up, we had Emma was there, Mikey three times was there, and Michael was there. Uh, Michael is just Michael is a gorilla. The dude is amazing. I, I just everything about him. He is the entire Leather Pride Festival in one man. Like he's just super cool. Uh, great guy. We we love him. Showed up. Bagel showed up. So Bagel was there. Uh, who was the guy? Naked the ST- Jim. So Naked Jim was there. Yeah. Who was so, the guy on the ST thirteen hundred? The young kid. That was it. Oh, mid. Knack was no, Knack, Knack was not there. It was Are you talking about Harry? Uh, Henry. 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 That was in mid-Ohio. We're talking about Portland Show. Oh, Portland. Portland Show. Sorry. Naked Jim was there. Bagel was there. Um, the amount of impact that our stupid group of friends had at the, at the one show was pretty, pretty incredible. Like To see those, that, all those misfits there and to be a part of that, uh, John had to boogie out of town on Sunday morning. Yeah. I held our end up. I made sure to go back and visit Maggie. And you did. Oh, did you? I did. I did. I got to say. Ah, damn. Okay. Anyway, back to motorcycles. She didn't give you a ride in the Range Rover, did she? No. The Range Rover wasn't hers. Okay. Turns out, yeah, the Range Rover Sport did not belong to her. Uh But the... uh, that is another thing about Portland. God bless Portland. Um, the old strip clubs like Mary's and stuff like the old clubs, they all, everybody knows each other. Everyone respects each other and, you know, they do give you the hookup. The, the Misfits, we went for coffee and recorded a podcast on the back deck of a coffee shop. And it was a proper meeting of the minds. Nice. And it was a good wrap up. Well, I thought you were going to talk about the Lucky Devil. No, Lucky Devil was, <laughs> god damn. Again, you should never Happy eat. birthday, Bagel. Yeah, you should. Yeah, happy birthday, Tom. Hold on, hold on. So you guys are talking. This is inside shit that we don't Sorry. know about. So break it out a we decided, bit. Or- uh, we decided on, was that Saturday? Yeah. We decided at lunch hour for Saturday that we were going to have a proper Portland lunch, and we we're going to go to strip club, as you do. Mm-hmm. And so we went to Lucky Devil. And uh, Lucky Devil's signature move is that they have... Uh, monkey bars above the stage so there's a pole if you don't think that's a good idea you've not been there uh and the monkey bars above the stage were just great there was a a young lady a stripper go up the pole yeah but now she goes up the pole and across the ceiling and does upside down yeah it's so cool (laughs) and uh there's this young lady luna that um that she was working it hard who who made it her personal mission to make sure that bagel had the greatest birthday ever. As you should. As you should. Right. And uh, we were just having a great time. And long, we were trying to help John celebrate his relatively recent birthday. But then we found out at that, at that juncture that 
his daughter had taken a fucking endo whilst snowboarding. Uh, yeah, she tried snowboarding for the first time. Uh, and received a radial fracture of her two breaks of the, radial her and ulna, right? Yeah, so the big bone Radius here, and ulna? Yeah. The, tip of the, the tip of the bone bent backwards yeah. and shattered everything yeah. back here. Oh. And then this one knocked a little spur off of it. Yeah, so She's she broke her wrist. She's in a cast. I had to check out. For oh, I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. So she, you know what? <laughs> She's loving the attention. Is she really? Oh my God! She came. She home got a cast her, on. Her cast is all yeah. And it wasn't, I guess, that. I mean, it was painful at the and time. And Eric was she, there, right? Eric was there. Everybody Eric was there. misdiagnosed it. Everybody was like, "Can you move your fingers?" Oh, you're fine. Yeah, high five me. Come right. on, you know. And meanwhile, it's a broken wrist. And then even when she went in with the doctor, the doctor right. was looking at my wife like, eh, "Yeah, no, this isn't going to be a break." And then he gets the X-rays back. He's like, "Well, totally a break. Apparently, it's all yeah. yeah." And Eric's been on our podcast before, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eric's been on our podcast before. He's a ER nurse. I'm in Portland. Yeah. I'm just like. Don't we have adults on scene? Like, <laughs> what the fuck can I do? I don't. I'm drunk get, and I have a vagina two feet from my face. Oh, can like, we yeah, deal with uh, this somewhere else? Piper, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> and uh, and I, w- I have to say that at that moment that John's dealing with this domestic, ex- you know, this domestic disturbance he's having of his of his loving daughter. And I love my daughter. A lot, right. But. And Piper's a rock star. But so he's having to deal with this shit and become all like totally sober, lucid dad. The food was amazing. The liquor, great. The girls, Not of it expensive spectacular. You know, you and it was all rigged. done at a two star budget. Like it was all done with yeah. like. You expect to get raked over the no, coals like, no, oh, no. no. It was cheap. Burger and fries, seven bucks. Seven I a, bucks. I got a burger and a beer and everything. I think it was $12. Right. I'm like, fuck. It, I do this every day. Everywhere we went, we were like, you people complain about how expensive it is to live here. Well, if you don't have to buy a house, this place is cheap. <laughs> like, If I can live in my car, Portland's the right place to do it. Or, the a, reason, tent. or a tent. Well, that's, hence the reason you got There's 10 a lot cities of everywhere. Yeah, right. There's a lot of tents. We went to a place called Huber's and had a Spanish coffee mm. at like 11 in the morning. I saw that's where the guy was like, Whoosh. yeah, this dude's yeah. doing circles. He's dancing. And in, like, in his left hand at like nine feet in the air, the bottle of liquor is doing like 360s. And then there's an arc that makes the little pissing Dutch boy uh, envious. Mm. And he's hitting this little tiny coffee flute, mm. nailing it, and fire's just going everywhere. And what started, but like the fire seemed to start after, like well, okay. because the it's, drink is never not flaming. Oh, okay. and correct me you if just I'm can't wrong. see the flame. So correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Go ahead. He started out with some one five one. Started with Cruzan one five one, bottom so shelf, but high light, octane. Light it up, yeah, and then uh, sugar. You sugar the with, rim with some lime, like a yeah. tahini kind of, but tiny sugar bit. Tahine. Yeah, tiny bit. And then, so that burn until you melt all the sugar. Yeah. So you caramelize just kept whirling that oh, around so until good. it caramelized and yeah. burnt the sugar onto it. Yep. Then blamo, uh, Kahlua. Kahlua. Yeah. And then tequila. Yeah. Did it have some tequila? Uh, the whole build was amazing. And then top yeah. it off with a, this much coffee. A I mean, a of hint of coffee. And then, a, and then a head, you know, like and a latte way, head. Not yeah. enough coffee to put the fire out. No. no. Okay. So not enough hot urn coffee to put the fire out. And then pours the cream, the, the, the literally whipped by a human being cream, mm-hmm. pours that on top and that smothers the flames. Oh. Serves it to you impossibly hot. Mm-hmm. Like you can barely touch it. <laughs> For that, $12. Again. Uh, worth every penny. Worth every penny. Yeah, right. And the show was great. And then while we were there, we got to meet all of the uh, local Oregon 
gins. Yeah. We got to meet some local Oregon bourbons. Oh, yeah. Chant and, up the bartender all you can. Yeah. That worked great for and us. And he's a great bartender. Steven was amazing. Like, that amazing. guy knows his shit. Encyclopedia The history of the Britannica building, the history of, of Huber's, the oldest bar in Portland. All right. So I have a question. Yeah. So separately, and don't answer what he answers. Favorite part of the trip for you? For me? Yeah, for you. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's tough. Maggie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maggie. <laughs> Straight up Maggie. I don't know what that is. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. And Mr. John? <laughs> I mean, that was all fun. That, that 16-ounce T-bone steak. At the yeah. Acropolis, yeah, <laughs> it's priceless. Yeah, but okay. I, I don't know that. But that, I really did like being at Huber's. Huber's was Huber's fun. was very classy. Like yeah. we, John and I, we traveled like <laughs> Discovery Channel traveling. Yeah, but then on Cinemax. <laughs> does that make sense? Oh, it does. Okay, because better than that, the, the, the box where you had to go back and forth to yeah. the channels. To yeah, find, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, See yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, yeah. for real. Yeah. Um, we did Discovery Travel Channel shit. Okay, but on Cinemax. Okay, we did it that way. Soft that was how we put it together. Yeah, right. it was a really good trip, and the right people, obviously the right place. All, you know, the motorcycles, uh, the flat track racing, like everything about it. Women's flat track racing. That was killer. That was fucking gladiator sport. The best heat of the evening was, was the women's. by far the women's yeah. final. Like the women's final, they red flagged the race three times. Three times. I've never seen any race red flagged three Couldn't times. get past the first turn. This, uh, this racer had a motorcycle come down on her back. Laying on her. Laying on her for not just like and second a while. You can smell and they're protected in the stadium. by nylon. And like she's a, what like a hundred pounds. Wet? I don't know, but she's a girl. She's a girl, yeah. yeah. And but like she's wearing a nylon racing jersey, hmm. and nylon is not known for its fire resistance. No. And shrink then wrap. a motorcycle, she's wrap yeah, a motorcycle that has hot things parts mm-hmm. just decided to just lay down on her. Which I think it was pissing on her too. Oh yeah, because that yeah. bike later on went go on they, fuego. Yeah, when they finally got a, yeah. a, the race started, yeah, did you know two or three yeah. laps and it was she could not possibly no. see. No, there was so much steam boiling out yeah. of that bike. It was just like yeah. she was she had to she had to yeah. DQ because she couldn't yeah. ride it because and it was the, the the rider whose bike. The rider who went down with this bike on her back while it's exhausted. They had to literally pick back. the bike up off yeah. of her. While she was She's going to have third, 13th degree burns yeah. on her back. And she jumped on that bike. She's fanning her back. She's literally fanning her back on video. She's fanning her back. They get her bike restarted and they decide they're going to start the race again. She never punked out of that race despite three restarts. And I'll bet she didn't. She was kind of le- at the end of the pack, but yeah. uh, hey, no, she, heart, she man, ran- heart goes a long way. Yeah. And the the FTR, there was a Indian 1200 out there, mm-hmm. so like this is a mixed bag of savages. Out yeah, I don't get how, how a 1200 gets to go against you know 350s, just, just everyone. Yeah, it was and it, when they gridded, it was three lines of, yeah. of bikes, it was 3D, mm-hmm. so it wasn't just you know your normal starting line. Right. It was a starting line yeah. with another starting yeah. line and with three, a couple yeah, more right. back behind. Oh that. my god, I've never seen. Like gladiator sport. Gladiator mm. sport is the only way I can describe it. Because these these women racers, when they went out there, turn one was a battle zone. Like yeah. I wanted no part of that. There was no part of turn one that was anything good. It was diabolical. 
You're talking like, oh, I don't know, 15 bikes all yeah. going under one turn. In just, one turn. And they're all fighting for the same three feet piece it of dirt. Seemed, it seemed, from what the yeah. videos and pictures yeah. you showed, it was a very small track. Very small. Right? Yeah, it's an right? indoor track, dude. Well, no, that but is, that can be big or small. That is a but this Coliseum seemed, track. Well, it's know less than an eighth of a mile. that Coliseum? Was that just like... Hockey. Hockey? Hockey. Okay, well, it didn't that have a, place. That Coliseum was built floor. to play basketball and hockey. But there's a concrete floor. Well, hockey Where's, brings in ice. Uh, well, don't they have to have tubes and stuff? Yeah, like they oh, bring it in. That's all brought in, dude. Just, oh. Yeah. yeah. He oh. raced on Dr. Pepper. Yeah. On the same on the floor same that map. normally has hockey. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, like, the floor he raced on Dr. Pepper. No. So, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. So, being at the show, you guys posted a bunch of pictures yeah, on your Facebook. If, yep. you, if you follow along with these yeah. guys, you can see them. Um, some of the custom bikes, there were... Electric custom bikes. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So I've never seen that before. There were guys that brought like custom, like I don't know what did they use? They use zero internals. What were yes. they using? Well, so our friends from oh shit, Calgary. Okay. So Calgary, Canada. So the guys from Calgary, that guy took a Kawasaki, like a Kawasaki seven fifty or Kawasaki six fifty, right, um, and built a electric drivetrain to go into it. So yeah, his whole was idea really was he in. wanted to build a kit bike that you could use this ridiculously powerful electric motor mm-hmm. and then you could take an old uh, motorcycle and repurpose it or remotor it. Now this electric. wasn't one of the pretty custom. No, it was not pretty. No, but here's no. the well, thing. One of though. the most notable things about it was how many torques did that bike have? A lot. He said 300. <laughs> 300 torques. But then the, some of the other bikes I, like that I posted, mm-hmm. that one bike was like the Tron bike. So that was an electric bike. Right. It was. It did the Elon Musk thing. Like when you walked up to it, it sensed your presence. That was an SRF. So that started life as an SRF. But then it would blink the blink this turn single, that turn single. But, it was hollowed out. It had a, a bent touch screen for the gas tank. But then there was a hollow gas tank, so there was a space underneath it, and then the wheels looked like they were off a Porsche or something. They were just like, it was totally futuristic. Then you flip the page, and somebody had built an electric board track racer-style bike. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's, like, this it's, is it's just whole... got two big battery packs there that kind of looked like the V-twin jugs right. with an electric motor on the bike. It was running the gambit of... You know, what but I've you never do. seen that before. I've yes. never seen custom, yes. weird, interesting. And electric. there were zeros there with graphics and paint on them. Yeah, can you believe it? Right. Yeah. Pinstriping. So th- this is interesting because now we're getting to that era where it's not just people ripping apart old CB three fifties and stuff. No. Now we're getting people ripping apart electric motorcycles and customizing no. them. Right? Oh no, no. They, they were doing a lot with them and there was a variety of different builds and stuff like that. There that was, was cool. Like that to me, seeing the pictures that you guys posted and stuff, that really was like, holy shit. Like we're at a new era now where people are customizing electric bikes. The only thing that I will say mm-hmm. when you're watching the dirt track racing, and you've just sat there for a few hours and watched all these bikes, and they all grid, and they're on the line, and they're going, bah, 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 and they take off, and they do wheelies, and they crash. And they're, even the little kids are in. I mean, the kids, some of the kids' stuff was like, you know, two kids would be shooting it out, and the crowds was going wild and everything. <laughs> and then to have the electric bikes come up there, and the utter silence. It's just like you hear some guy in the back revving, revving some yeah. bike back here, yeah. but they're all just up there on the line. And okay, yeah. <laughs> and they they take off and right. 
eh, it did leave a little bit. You know, there was, you know, the whole Coliseum was, you know, when they ran some two-strokes, butacos and everything, you could smell the bean oh, yeah. oil in the air. Yeah, you know, they're the, ripping and everything. Well, there is a little bit to be lost in that aspect. Well, so. it's the same. So I used to brace RC cars professionally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in the summer, we did eight-scale cars, nitromethane <sighs> outside, and smoke and smell and everything. And in the winter, we did electric cars, and they went faster, and it was on carpet, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it came down like... The outside stuff was exciting and smelly and all this thing, whatever, but the inside stuff came down to more driver skill. So it was like, right. you know, you have to pick I, and choose. I mean, just watching the electric bikes, I don't know what their lap time what their lap times were, but they looked faster. I mean, you could tell, I mean, yeah. the bikes were getting around the fucking track fast. Well, it's instant right. torque. But I with mean, but with no noise or no right, you right. know what I mean. So And they were vicious too. The the or one guy in an Alta got the whole shot and just murdered the whole shot. And was looking so good, but then the zeros just the, the zeros just worked their way through the fucking pack. They ended and up being what one, two, and three. One, on two, the and three on the zeros on the FXs. And what you saw was you saw these vehicles that had a complete hookup. And and to st- to if you stand on the dirt, it's called dirt tracking, but it's not dirt, dude. It's fucking clay clay yeah it's clay it's it's thick it's 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 hard it's like if you fell down on this shit it would hurt mm. well then uh, towards the end of the night then the one the first corner was getting worn down you could get concrete. down to concrete so you know you come into that first corner now the right the one guy yeah. was hitting the line perfect he'd nail it he was just using that as a rut so he'd hit he'd just slide across the concrete yeah. and, and go right around it you know and we met uh while we were in the press uh the press room one time making our cocktails, you know, because, you know, this is <laughs> that's the way we roll. <laughs> and so we were in there making cocktails for a minute. Thank uh, you for we... providing the ice and mixers for us. Right, exactly. Well done, One Motorcycle Show. Uh, but we ran into uh, Girl on a Moto. And so Girl on a Moto is Connie and Beulah do a ladies motorcycle podcast. And they're on episode number 31 right now, which features uh, John and I. So are you single? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat they were like so tell us your valentine story about you know your wife and whatever and so john goes out and john just drops this like love bomb for peggy and i'm like fuck you you dick man i love you as much today as the first time oh, i met you God, you man. are the ocean we are the ocean we are the sea i sail in you you sail and i i oh, forgot that one God, i wish i would have dude it was hallmark I, moment. I would never go to a strip club because i love my wife mm, so much. no it was it was so it was the hardest act to follow in my fucking life <laughs> my wife knows 100 percent. i went to a strip club and she wasn't she was not put back by it. i'm like oh, i didn't even get a lap dance yeah, yeah. girl in a moto they're great because you know everything about their their podcast is looking at motorcycling from a lady's perspective, right? right? And that's great. And so, who's the worst people to interview? Are yeah, the guys from it, Cleveland Moto Podcast? Right, we just got done dealing with you guys, and I'm like pouring a drink that you could kill somebody with. And I was like, I looked over and I was like, gin and tonic or. What, well, what were we on? Well, the that's Roman how the Cokes. whole thing went I down. Tell, yeah. I can tell that you guys were feeling pretty good because when we were talking to you online, yeah. we were like going to continue, and you were like, "Fuck it, bah, bah. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I guess we're, it's over. We're done. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how the whole thing started. We yeah. were, we had just recorded that with you right. guys and right. the podcast, so we were fucking about mixing up our next right. round of drinks and everything. <laughs> and these two birds were over here getting ready or doing some stuff. And as she even said, she's like, I was just getting ready to tell these two guys to go fuck off because we're going to report our podcast. 
And I looked over and I saw they were setting up some stuff. Hmm. I'm like, oh, are you going to record a podcast? And they're they like, cool little four oh, channel mixer yeah. going and everything yeah. else. Is right. cool. I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, we are going to. I'm like, oh, well, we just did a podcast. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, would you like a drink? Well, as a matter of fact, that's the universal language. The universal yeah, language thank you very like, much. Huh? And so they're like, oh, yeah, cool. So what's uh, what's your podcast called? And they're like, oh, we're from Girl on a Motor. And I was like, oh, yeah, Women on a Motor. Oh, the women. I remember your podcast like when it first started. And it's cool. You guys are on, like, you know, episode. I couldn't remember exactly what they're on, episode 30 at the time. And so we're like, great. And uh, they're like, so who are you fuckers? And I was like, well, we're from Cleveland Moto. And they're like, oh, Wow. You guys are really an old podcast, and it was so weird because they were like, "We had, we had no." I'm sorry, we had no idea who you were. Yeah, and it was just like, "Can Look we at the in- faces? We have faces for radio. Can we interview you?" <laughs> and, and when when they were like, "Yeah, we we'd love to interview you because we have no idea what it's like to have you know 270 some podcasts." Right. Yeah, we've been podcasting since 2011. Right. You know, nine years. <laughs> yeah, and they were like. Oh, wow, someday we... I was like, no, 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 no. You want to go beyond that. Yeah. You want to get to like podcast 100 and then hit it and become Joe Rogan. But you <laughs> Nobody don't... Nobody will become Joe Rogan. You don't want to get to podcast number 265 and still have non-sponsors. Right. Like people are like, oh, I remember them when we, we sponsored them for a week and a half. Yeah. We're unsponsorable. We are kind of unfucking sponsorable. I don't sponsorable. know. I think Indian because I think Indian's willing to go at I will you give you it. credit because Indian... Yeah, Indian... Is I got an in. They're not Jesse afraid James. of a beer can rolling yeah. around. They're not afraid of it, a swear word, you know, being right. associated hey, with their market. Jesse James out at that place. His name is Jesse James. He's right. not the He's Jesse not that James, Jesse James or the Mr. other Jesse He's James. Captain Indian at right. the big dealer over here in Illyria. Okay. All right. We gotta talk to him. Yeah, He's our right. boy. Well, there you go. You. I mean, look. Well, we can land that fish. I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, we're never gonna stop recording these fucking things, but no. they gotta be brave enough to get their name on it, because it's gonna stink a little. But I mean, so, yeah, we got recorded by the girl in a You FTR 1200s and let us ride it? I'm pretty sure we'll be pretty happy with the bike. I don't yeah. think we need to ride your FTR 1200. I think we just need to... See it? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know. I just send us a fucking truck. I like them. I'm a little bit... Right. Cu- I kind of like them. I kind of like them, too. No, yeah. they're not bad. When I was watching at the one show, the FTR 1200 going around that impossibly small track, it looked like an angry animal. It just looked like an angry animal, and somebody was on the back of the angry animal trying to point it in the right direction. At no point ever was that 1,200 cc's all going to the dirt. Mm. Most no, of no it was way. going to killing somebody. Yeah, no. Most, no of the, most of the power of that vehicle. What gear was that bike in? Never above second. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. think most of them were just holding in first. Because you'd see them coming around. they come around the corner and just be like, ah, stretched, high, just, stre- I never heard stretched shift. Hayabusa's. Yeah. Stretched CBRs. I saw that. On dirt. You said, yeah. hey, I have a stretched bike. You know what would be a good thing to do? <laughs> Race it on a small dirt track. Yeah. I think the barrel racing at Mid-Ohio was a bigger track. Oh, definitely. definitely For real. Right? Oh, no, no. Yeah, Yeah, yeah for real. And yeah. I know when I was doing my uh, riding around out on my KLR, first gear pretty much. The right? one motorcycle show. You could try to shift in the second, but then you just yeah. had to, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. The one work. motorcycle show happens on a hockey arena. I mean, that's mm. what it is. That's it's basketball slash hockey. That's what you get. They're, they're all the same size. Mm. And whether it's Dr. Pepper or Clay from Portland, uh, it's game fucking on. And, and I give them credit. The guys, Thor and the, the cats at Portland, mm. God damn, they did a good job. The Portland One Show did a beautiful job of never letting us be bored, ever. I can't... Okay, I just I just had an epiphany, and I'm yeah. really upset, because we talked a little bit, and we had you guys talk. 
Yeah. You guys hung out with fucking Rand. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? You fucking (laughs) skipped the whole goddamn Rand situation here. Well. What the fuck, man? I'm a little upset this didn't come up earlier. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, Well, Rand, first of all, we were hanging out in the Icon room, which is like uh, pinball machines, video games. Right. All motorcycle-centric shit. And then a mechanical bull and whatever. We're like doing our thing, just being us. And I'm playing a pinball machine, and Rand's a, Rand's a really weird dude, man. I really could, no, I'm just kidding, Rand. Uh, Rand's fucking awesome, man. No, he was awesome, and, and he is and six foot five, motherfucker. Like that is a dude. Like yeah. that is a Paul Bunyan looking motherfucker. Yeah. But first of all, I mean, it took us a while to hook up. We didn't see him on Friday. No, not and at all. We didn't see him till later on in the day on late Saturday. on Saturday. So it yeah. took us a little while before we actually hooked up with Rand. Okay. Yeah. And we did spend quite a bit of time with Rand watching the races, but we were pretty much just. I sat beside him, so I got to talk with him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And but we were just pretty much watching the races. And then at one point, and he had been there with his wife, and she probably fucked off. And he's got a little thing going with that. I understand, Rand. We all have yeah. that going on. We, we know what that's like. We yeah. know what that's like. But then at one point, we went out for a smoke and a beer, and he took off and went and got a beer. And then it turned out we got a text that he had taken off. So we never right. really got to do like and he got to enjoy the him. show. But, but we definitely got to meet him. And yeah. I, I like Rand. I mean, oh yeah, it was super a good cool time guy and everything. It just. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he wasn't able to end, you know, I don't think the the titty bar would have worked out well for him. Probably not so much, yeah. yeah so. Wouldn't have been on the radar okay, for him. well, I just, you know, and there was a big buildup to the whole going to No, we got to hang out with him. We got to. There, you know, yeah. if I'm disappointed about anything, I said I didn't get to our leg wrestle Rand. Right. But after seeing Rand, I don't know. I might have got my ass kicked. So <laughs> That's I'm true. I'm just going to concede that, Rand, you probably would have won, buddy. Rand is not a, No. I'm going to say straight up, if you're going to walk into a bad situation, Rand's a very good guy to have standing behind you. Rand is got. He's in your Rolodex. Says, "Hey, I'm in Portland. If right. you need, yeah, right. yeah. immediate evac." Yeah, and Rand was great. I'm at the Red Devil. When the I've gotten in over my head, I'm elbow deep. I'm elbow deep, and I'm out of singles. What the fuck? The, uh, uh, when I first saw Rand. He cast a shadow over the pinball machine. <laughs> well, he snuck up on us. And pinball yeah. machines are big. Yeah. yeah. Phil yeah. was playing pinball. I'm yeah. standing there beside him. Some big creepy dude. Oh, I'm not, I'm not calling you big. <laughs> no, he's lurch, dude. He's lurch. Some big dude comes yeah. up and stands yeah. in. I'm like, oh, he's looking at the thing. And he gave it a second. He, he, he did. He, he was waiting. Yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. waiting to see how it was going to land. Yeah. And he was like, you're Johnny Beck. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Very and again, good I don't know how he found us because it's not like we were waving a flag that said Cleveland no. Moto. But, you know, six other people found us, too. We did smell like alcohol. Well, I'm just, that's what kind of blew me away about the thing. I mean, I don't know how all those people kept finding us. We were wearing nothing that said Cleveland Moto. I'm Celebrity my, or notoriety or whatever it was, I was just blown away that I'm in Portland. Right. And somebody walks up to me yeah. and says, hey. I recognize that voice. You're Johnny Mac. I don't know Mac. how the fuck that kept happening. You know, the one kid, what was that, Colin or whatever? Yeah. From, he was dude. originally from Cleveland, yeah. moved out there. Was okay. like, he's like, dude, I get to listen to you guys all the time. I mean, he grabbed me by the arm. Yeah. Just walking by, recognized me. And him and his me. wife were going to do something else. And he did one of those things you do to your wife. You're like, we got to go see these yep. people. Yeah. Give right? me five seconds. Hold on. Turn yeah. around. Yeah. So he grabbed her by the arm. He snatched her up and turned around and came back. And he chased us down. Mm-hmm. And he chased us down, and we were looking at all the helmets and you know checking out the weirdness of like the Moto Compo and like all the cool shit that was in a row there. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up and he goes, "You guys from Cleveland, right?" And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> shit!" <laughs> like we weren't wearing our Burning River shirts, like Cleveland Browns. We didn't have nothing on that said we were from Cleveland. What I smell like Sweet Baby Rays or something? Right, exactly. <laughs> and 
and yet people were somehow finding us. And then it was great because then it was like, here's a guy that used to live here and now he lives in Portland and he's got an amazingly, you know, beautiful, sweet, intelligent wife. And he's living as, you know, he's living a better life in Portland than he was here for sure. <laughs> Seems like everybody is, but okay. <laughs> I digress. what I would say to Rand, Rand, yeah. I, I'm saying this to you. Yeah. Yeah. We came out and visited you. Right. Come visit Come us. Come visit us, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we can have a good time. Mid Ohio, we will. Yeah, put and, I promise, and I promise your wife, we probably won't go to a titty bar, but we'll no. go do something really no. fun. If he comes and to you Mid Ohio, get a little time off the leash, which I think you desperately need and deserve. But if he comes to Mid Ohio, there's not really a good strip club nearby. There it's going to be just, and fun. there is not a titty. No. Well, there is, but there's yeah, not there's many women that, that go to. You'll want to see. All right. Look, the high water mark has been established. Right. As far as I'm concerned, there will only be Portland. And not Portland, as far as strip clubs are concerned, because I've had intellectually stimulating conversations with six foot one tall women. Mm. That's really glasses. what Maggie was all about. That tallness. Is look, hard man. To beat. Look, she showed up, and I was like, Godzilla. As soon as she showed up, I was terrified that she might accidentally kick my face off. And then John and I, I made a little Tokyo out of dollar bills. And she came over and destroyed it in character as Gojira. And then I made her I made her pretend to be King Kong on the pole and we threw airplanes at her. We made paper airplanes out of dollars. And she's wearing these little like librarian specs. Oh, she's got no. a librarian glasses on. All fun and games until. And then I, I launch a dart at her. So I I chuck a dart at her and it hits her in the peeper. Oh no. Well I was like, man, I'm so glad you had your glasses on. And fake then she glasses. shoved her finger through her glasses. They're fake. They're just for oh, sex purposes. Oh no. They're just props. Eh. And then I was like, oh my God, I've just hit her in the fucking eye hole socket. And with... she did not engage safety squints. <laughs> she did not. And we and we did yell it. We counseled her on that. We was like, safety squints, you gotta squint. That's OSHA. It, yeah. And oh man. And she was just cool. And she knew what the Gambler five hundred was. Oh, okay. And she knew what the Babe rally was. Oh. And she knew that micro trucks come from Japan and have 660 motors because a friend of hers had a micro fire truck. Wow. I know. So you this guys is a are, brainy stripper. Well, yeah. she's weird. <laughs> you guys have no idea how lucky there, you are I came That's back. what I will say about yeah. the, the ladies yeah. of Portland. A yeah. lot of just interesting. Does you every, look at them, you wouldn't say that that's a 10, that that's a model. No, no. But you every dancer like, we met was smart and cool and well, interesting. Just in and, general, even at the show, just the girls. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, in general. Just interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. Most, most ladies around here don't have eight-inch clits. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, again, for real. <laughs> well, I mean, they know how to pack a pair of black pants. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And it was uh, it just game on. So, Portland, well done, Portland. Yeah. You impressed us all around. We, we got to say, Portland, well done. Well done. Well, the, the, the other, the, okay, so then also what we noticed in, yeah. in Portland was the lack of salt. No yeah. salt. So they never. They the just last started forever. last year salting. In, I heard in, about that. So yeah. you can find cars that are great. Like there you was would not never a think... speck of rust on anything on the Dude, road. Dude, even Dodge, like even Sprinters, yeah. were intact. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. So, But like, yeah. the other thing was it was 55, almost 60 degrees, yeah. a light misty rain, right. but whatever. Very British. But nary a motorcycle. So no. this was a motorcycle show. Right. We went to the uh, Very real dirty you know, film festival right. thing. Nothing, huh? You would have thought you know, half the street would have been lined up with nope. bikes. You know, it's 50-some no years. Nope, not. No. Hmm. Very few two bikes. Or, two or three bikes. That's all yeah. we said. Very few bikes. Hmm. We would have been riding for certain. But then the one guy from way. Cali was saying, you know, 60-degree day. Well, we don't even bother riding. Too that's, chilly. That's, that's awful weather. Yeah. Not even going to bother <laughs> trying to fuck around with that. 
But it's, it's cool. Portland's amazing. Portland's yeah. got it figured out. Yeah. And lumber sexual is oh. alive and well. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. If you like flannel and a nice beard waxing, it's there. Yeah, they got it. Danner boots. Danner boots everywhere. That is the official footwear. Everybody looks like Where's Waldo. Tight skinny jeans, a flannel, and a beanie cap. Yeah, beanie cap. Boots. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely true. Um, You'd fit in great there, Cinch. Dude, yeah. we found no, a beer with your face. You'd fit in great anywhere, yeah, though. It was and Thank beer can with you, you on it. Thank you. <laughs> There's yeah. so many. It, Portland's cool. I, I love it. And yeah. by the way, where the hell can you buy top shelf marijuana for one hundred dollars an ounce? Mm. <laughs> How is that even possible? Like a hundred dollars an ounce? You didn't end up going through a dispensary or anything. I didn't have to because no. uh, when our friends left, <laughs> they bequeathed me the weed they didn't smoke. Right. And that's a lot. For the record, you have too much weed. Weed's too available yeah. when my friends can't smoke all of it. <laughs> and when they have to get on an airplane and leave weed behind, your weed is too cheap. Which you don't have to do anymore because airlines don't care about weed anymore. I don't know, but they I didn't travel want to take a lot for work yeah. and I have pain. Yeah. And I take weed cartridges with me okay. all over the these place. These were proper joints. Like these well, were yeah, yeah. tailor made okay, joints, factory yeah. joints. And, uh, but he was saying like a pack of six big like cigarette style joints was ten dollars. Eighteen fifty for a full goddamn pack of smokes, Oof. like a pack of beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. That's a beautiful thing, though. Like our country, weed. you yeah. don't have to be into weed, yeah. But it should be like that. It should be. When we went okay. out to yeah. the smoking area, right? Mm-hmm. It was the smoking area, right? Yeah. right. R.J. Reynolds had nothing to do with You're it. You're smoking yeah. cigarettes. This yeah. guy's smoking a joint. Yeah. This guy's firing up a bowl. Yeah, it was just the smoking. Good for area. Them. And there was no chance of getting in a fist fight. Right. No, everybody no, was, was no extremely fighting. happy to be around each other. Yeah. yeah, it was very cool. I think it's a, a sign of an elevated. Society. I think you should have to smoke I'm a joint square. before you vote. I didn't partake. <laughs> I feel a little bit disappointed in myself by that. But whatever. I think our world would be a better place. Again, we don't talk about politics. Right. So I don't care who you're it's voting okay. for. It's fine. But it's I'm thinking that if you had to smoke a joint, wait an hour, and then go vote. Yeah. Decisions would be much. Well, I like clearer. Phil's idea yeah. is like you know I have off to uh, Monday for right. President's Day. Right. I'd much rather have off for November second or whatever it is for yeah. voting day. Well, that's right. obviously that's like yeah. every that, every working man should have an opportunity to we vote. We do that is a hundred percent no yeah. politics, right? No sides, uh, whatever. Right. But that is ridiculous. That it's not that our shop does believes in the Australian mentality. The Australian right. mentality is that you should be given a day off to do your civic duty. A hundred percent and celebrate it and celebrate the fact that you're allowed to because vote. Celebrate a, a, the fact that you can. A lot of people that really need vote like the the people that are in economic class where they yeah. don't have time off they right. don't have paid time off they, no, they don't can't have anything yeah. the people that really need to put their their, their opinions and express right. their votes right they can't because they're working two jobs and, and i three love jobs. the idea of going out and celebrating voting day yeah like it's a liquor holiday fuck yeah get hammered and go vote i don't I will never do that again. John, poor John. <laughs> we're doing flaming burnouts or smoky burnouts in the parking lot. Yeah. On voting day, and the police showed up, and they were like, hey, guys, uh, what's going on? I was like, private property. And the guy was like, yeah, I know. And he's like, so what are you celebrating? I was like, voting day. And the cop was like, that's interesting. Never heard that before. But yeah, we did. We did a bar crawl from... You wouldn't think it'd be restaurant? that big deal to walk home just a few blocks. From right? the Mexican restaurant but to our old shop. But when it's Lakewood. 
It's 14 bars. Yes, 14 bars. 14 bars. And we didn't miss a single one. And when you tell them, well, we're just going to have one beer at every right. bar, well, right. oh, here, That's have a free shot, too. Oh, oh, yeah. The worst one was by far our friends who, who know us and should take care of us better. Yeah. We're at, well, at that time, was called the Putin Bay, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. this is a tavern where people we know and love work there. Mm-hmm. And we'd already explained to them that we were already elbows deep in a bad idea. <laughs> and then our bartender was like, well, then you should have shots, too. Of course. And we were like, no, the rule is no shots, just beers. Right. And she was like, no, you're going to have shots because you're celebrating voting day. Yeah. And I was like, election day is going to get us into trouble. <laughs> and by the time we got back to the shop, we'd already broken James. Mm-hmm. Renee was out of the question a long time ago. Mm-hmm. John and I were the sole triumphant... Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was winning, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got we got the bike out of the shop and we lit the tires up pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like we won. And it was like 9 p.m. by that point. Oh, We've well, been drinking well since about lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot longer to get through 14 bars than I thought it would. I had to talk to a friend on the way home to make sure. He did. I was driving home. <laughs> he, was, he was desperately, desperately trying to get back to the shop. Oh, to I'm get like, back to his house. Oh, like, but oh. that's the way you celebrate election day. I yes, think so. I, you know, I, vote like an should. Australian, my God. Yep. I, uh, All right. Anybody else got anything else? No. A uh, nine-hour podcast. Ride fast and take chances. Bum, 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 bum,